Valverde! Why'd you have to take on the whole football team? They're not that tough. The football team at my high school, they were tough. After they sacked the quarterback, they went after his family. doozy for you. We're going to be dropping the goo in today's show. We are going to be talking about the AFC draft and off-season moves for those teams in that conference. Next week we'll be doing the NFC and we go through all the teams. If you uh, want to follow us, uh, Stag Party, tell us where that is. Pretty much anywhere in the world. We'll use some uh, Roto World's depth charts. Uh, just rotoworld.com, depth charts, and then we'll go AFC East through uh, AFC West. Um, so AFC East, North, South, West, and then uh, go in alphabetical order by city name. Uh, Good times. So I've, I've got questions the about this music real quick, though. Yeah. Was that like the opening when Jim Carrey's dancing on the mask? <laughs> <laughs> Trombone Shorty, my friend. Trombone Shorty. Oh, man. One of New Orleans' newest and latest and greatest. Seen him a number of times in New Orleans. I haven't been to the Jazz Fest for the last two years, and I'm going to be honest. Finally, I know I'm going to be back next year because I missed it. I was like, kind of. Last year I wasn't. This year I was like, why am I not down there? It's just so beautiful. And like you said, that guy's owning that town right oh, now. Oh yeah. He's the he's the man, the the musician, the the Winton Marsalis of 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 right now. Um, so good to have you guys back. Obviously, there was this little thing called the NFL draft last weekend here in Chicago. Nothing really happened at all of any uh, of any um, NFL importance in that that situation or over the last <laughs> couple weeks since we recorded our last podcast. Nothing well, I, at all. I, I missed everything because I was wearing my gas mask, so <laughs> I, I I totally just blanked on the whole thing. I don't, oh yes, I got you now. I got you now. I was like, I was like, gas mask. <laughs> Where's he going? Who's got this? ass right now? <laughs> Probably Daisy, but. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I actually went down on Friday. My tickets fell through a couple days beforehand. I guess the girl got my credentials in too late, but I was still went down. Stag party met me, and we just did some uh, Valverde and in a couple of huge tents. I mean, the TV we watched that on was probably the biggest TV you've ever seen in your life. 
Uh, we had a, we were at a charging station, charging our phones. Uh, it was a pretty good time. So uh, <laughs> went to the charging station. Well, it was good, our table actually <laughs> happened to just be a charging station, so it was kind of nice. You know, maybe maybe squeeze in a Home Depot, make a whole day out of it. We give you draft strategy in life. If you can have a table that has a dra- uh, has charging station, a lot more broads are going to come to your table and ask you if you, they can uh, port with you. Yeah, they can port. Hopefully, you carry around that mail connector for them. Oh, oh. I do every damn place. I go. Um, excited to talk about this. So much going on, and um, let's just get into it. If anything that pops up that's uh, outside the fantasy scope or different in NFL or across these teams, we can bring it up. But uh, let's well, let's plow through we, so we, we didn't, cover uh, all sixteen teams. Prince, Prince passed right after our last uh, podcast, so you know, it sucks. Yeah, guy was the man. We probably should be playing some Prince. Maybe we'll, we'll do that for tomorrow night show. We'll do Prince. Uh, Legend. I, I love it. So Something so fun. If any of you guys know in the industry, one of the Hall of Fame guys, uh, uh, Rick Wolf, helped us out. Part, we did some uh, work uh, for a couple of his sites a couple of years ago. He's a fantasy football guy, has a serious radio show. Uh, but I saw him post today. The Onion did this funny thing where there's a whole, uh, Prince supposed to have a whole unlocked um, vault, vault yeah. of music. And The Onion did a post today like, the lock, the, the vault's been open, and everything was Prince doing Billy Joel covers. That's the onion. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Rick, and, uh, and then basically Rick Wolf posts it and was like, yes, this is going to be some awesome music. I can't believe it. And then every post after was like, Rick. It's the onion. He's like, I was fooled again. Like, it's so hilarious. He was like the one guy in the world that was pumped for Billy Joel. Uh, thousands and thousands of Billy Joel covers by Prince. And all the, all, the, all the different so artists funny. coming over to Prince's house to his recording studio yeah. and, and recording Billy Joel yeah. songs. Yeah. <laughs> Paisley Park. Good stuff. Um, all right. We're going to start with the uh, in the AFC East, as we said before. And let's go with Buffalo Bills. Ryan Country. All right, so kind of in the show, we're going to start with drafts and just let's go free form. Talk about draft. How did how did their draft look? And you know, any of the other free agent signings, we can intermingle it and all all of that good stuff. Well, Buffalo had a you know downturn on defense last season after getting to the quarterback like fifty one times. I think they only got to him twenty one times last season. So they spent most of their picks on defensive players until about the fourth round. And then they decided to take the ultimate risk reward pick. Cardell Jones, they took another risk award type of running back in the fifth round, um, and Jonathan Williams, and then took a, another potential speed threat for that offense uh, from TCU. Uh, what's his name? Listenby. So there's just an array of different moves that these guys made, you know, to bolter both both the offense, you know, down the line potentially, but more impact defenders for them this year. And then earlier this offseason, they you know did some housekeeping. They re-signed uh, Cordy Glenn uh, the other day off his franchise tag. They signed him on a five-year deal with like the second most money ever guaranteed for a tackle. So he'll be there, out there for the left tackle, uh, you know, for the next four or five years for the foreseeable future, protecting. You know, who knows after this season, Tyrod Taylor looks like the guy, but they're not going out there and committing to him. They're drafting a project in Cardale Jones who last year probably would have been a first-round pick, maybe second round, whatever you want to say about him. The unknown sometimes is better for your draft stock than the known commodity of where you get benched midseason. So 
you know, just on the offensive side, not really much to write home about in terms of fantasy impact this season going forward. Potential. Well, I think the the impact that I see for the offense is that all the key guys there are staying the key guys there. Nothing nothing is really changing because they didn't bring anybody in in free agency either. So it's not like they brought anyone in to challenge. You spent your top two picks uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball. So you lose Mario Williams and you, and you lose a linebacker. You just get younger at those two positions with, uh, with Shaq Lawson and, uh, and, and Reggie Ragland. So I think that... You know, I think it, it bodes well for for guys like uh, Sammy Watkins. It's still going to be Alshon McCoy, you know, that, that that's going to be running the show there. So, they, Chris uh, uh, Chris Hogan's gone. He went over to the Patriots. So, you know, if you're if you're Robert Woods, you're still safe with your job. Uh, you know, I, I think that the I don't know, the biggest glaring need that they needed was I, I think they needed a second wide receiver. I was Robert Woods has something going for him, but and they did sign Leonard Hankerson, uh, but that was actually late last season. They and they ended up picking him back up. Whoopee! Yeah, but I, I mean, when when it gets beyond that, I mean, Greg Salas, uh, I mean, that guy had potential at one point, but you know, big slot guy or whatever. I, I'm not impressed with anything there. Beyond Sammy Watkins, I'm just not impressed with what they had there, and they didn't address the uh, wide receiver at all if, until the sixth. Sixth round, uh, they picked up a guy from TCU, Kobe Glissembeans. Well, but, whatever. But, but don't you? But it wasn't a strong class anyway of wide receivers. True. And by the time that they were, and they and they needed to address the defensive side of the ball. So when you're looking in the third round, there was really nobody of, of real significance at that point. You're either going for a slow, a slow guy that uh, that's bigger, or a short slot guy that can run fast. I, I agreed. I just I still find that that offense is probably going to be a little bit lackluster. I mean, I, I have oh, McCoy back and probably. Wanting to, you know, prove himself a little bit after his altercation in the offseason stuff. Maybe he has a little fire under in his belly, whatever. And Sammy Watkins is obviously improving uh, immensely. Uh, he, he turned into a real fantasy asset and real-life asset, of course, but uh, late last season. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I really would like a second receiver that can, you know, take a little heat off of Watkins at this point. The thing is, this is the only team in the NFL who ran the ball more than 50% of the time last season. Like, just thinking about how crazy that is and how far we've come, that they were the only team to run it more than they threw it last season is insane. And, you know, that's something that's probably going to continue. It's the Rex Ryan, you know, Greg Roman's a ground-and-pound type of guy. It's going to be a, you know, it's not just going to be LaShawn McCoy. We've got to talk about Carlos Williams here, who's going to get a handful of touches, if not more, a game. And he's going to be an interesting sort of flex value for you every week. He's got the ability to score some touchdowns. Uh, but, yeah, these guys are going to run a 12 formation. They're going to run two tight ends, one running back, and two wide receivers most of the time. Occasionally going into three wide receiver sets with, you know, you know, Listenby or you know, Marquise Goodwin still there to stretch the field, hopefully. But, yeah, Robert Woods might ha- be one of those guys not getting enough talk about. But let's just see. I mean... He's the wide receiver, too, as of today. Well, here, here's the thing that I was going to say. Dog, you said you were thinking that it was going to be an exciting offense, and then and then you just kind of made the point. So let's talk about Rex Ryan and any offense that he's been associated with, right? So if I was going to say, you know, like, if, do it by car model, right? Like, so what, what's a Bill Belichick offense? Is that a Ferrari? Is that a, is that a Bugatti? Is that, uh, you know... You know something like that. Something sure. like that. So what is the best offense that Rex Ryan's ever come out What does does his car look like a Ford Pinto? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's probably like a Chevrolet Malibu. 
<laughs> the new one, not the cool old ones that you yeah. think of that are dope from the old movies, like the the current ones. Like I drive. Them listen, out. I, I, listen. I totally agree with you, Houdini. But the fact is, is that everybody's expecting it. Everybody knows it, and, and that's a lot easier to defend when you know what's coming every time. Mm-hmm. And especially now, that's just. It's going to be the second year. Basically, the same players. Yeah. You know, they just know what's coming. That's going to be, I think, a bit of a problem. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing because they were so efficient when they ran the ball. They ran it nearly 500 times and averaged over five yards a carry. Like this offense was the best, probably rush offense in the league last season in terms of efficiency. They were able to get outside. They ran it around the edges more than any other team in the league last year, and that's the Sean McCoy specialty. They are going to continue to do things like that. And as the season progressed last year, LaShawn McCoy started to get better. And we saw him have strings of, you know, 100-yard games, 100-total-yard games, where he was also getting very involved as a receiver. And Tyrod Taylor sort of progressed to himself. He started out the season just playing that dink and dunk style. And then eventually, you know, Sammy Watkins got healthy, and they started, you know, taking some shots towards the end of the season. And I still think this is probably the most exciting uh, team under a Rex Ryan sort of tutelage on offense that we're going to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of excited for it, uh, it but it's still going to be middle of the road. I will say, though, at the same time, and then we, we can move on probably, I think, from the Bills here. Um, at the same time, with, when you run it so much in an offense like that, how many games did McCoy play last year? Twelve. Twelve. How many did Carlos Williams play? Eleven. Those are, you're exposing these guys to injury, and especially... Uh, with a, a a guy who's I don't want to say he's totally brittle, but a somewhat brittle guy in, in McCoy, uh, and a guy who's suffered concussions already and stuff like that, and Carlos Williams, you overuse these guys, you're threatening, you know, the threat of injury is very prominent. So you'll take the other side of the uh, handcuff. Get Michael. Get Leslie. Get Leslie. <laughs> Gillis, why not have that guy on your team? That's that the guy. third running back on the team, not the that, second. No, uh, that's <laughs> a late round no, thing that nobody's thinking yeah, of. That that's, might want when these stash. two guys are dogs saying are going to go down, go down, which we know. We know McCoy is. Not a question of if. No, he's going down. Gillis Lee, late round gem. <laughs> cool. Let's move on to the Dolphins. What do you say? Miami Dolphins. Speaking are, of gas masks, uh, Harry this, is, this is where Laramie Tunsil ended up falling, the 13th overall pick in the draft. We should have taken him. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm on board with that. I always think it's hilarious where you have like a, a guy who has like potential character issues or whatever, and they end up either going to like to Miami to be in South Beach yeah. or with the Raiders yeah. or, you know. New York, New York, yeah, I will say, with the amount of players that had problems coming in, that continue to have problems, not worth the shot for me. Just not worth the shot. I know he could be uh, awesome, but they all do. When you have problems, when you're young like that, and they're not putting him in the drug program or whatever, too, I mean, I I see that as a potential problem down the line as well. No question. But the one thing that the GM of the Alliance said, it's like, if we're talking marijuana... Take half the guys off the board. You know, it's like if a red flag is marijuana, you got to remember, these kids are young, man. They're, they're 18, 19. We don't know how old that video is. You're in college. You're pretty much the big shit on campus. Um, it's got to be really hard. We think, like, because we're not, didn't have to get bread to be a pro the whole time, that every step of the way you're going to be Tim Tebow, but it's just not realistic. If you want to look thin, you hang out with fat people. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so uh, after after the second round, they sort of got focused on you know getting Adam Gase some more weapons that I don't know if they needed necessarily. 
But they got uh, Kenyon Drake out of Alabama, who's the pass-catching part of that Derrick Henry duo, who could do a lot on third down. Uh, then they got Leonte Carew, who's sort of an exciting receiver out of Rutgers. Averaged you know, over 20 yards a catch in his college career. He's a guy who can haul in touchdowns. He, and then they you know, followed that up with Jakeem Grant. This but, is the guy that's interesting. You know, sure, because he's 5'6", 165. 5'6"! Hey, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> Big things come in small packages, are you all right? Five, are you 5'6"? Yes. Oh, well, hey, there you go. It's not, you it's not how big the tool is. It's how he is it. <laughs> but he's more of a guy. Said no girl yeah, ever. Said no girl ever. <laughs> so they brought him in as a sort of special teams ace to give you know some separation, you know, Take, take some responsibility off of Jarvis Landry. He can't be a receiver catching nearly 120 passes a season and then, you know, take every kickoff and take every punt return. It's, he's just not going to last. He's, I mean, Dexter McCluster, you know, or, or uh, Jockeys Rogers, you know. Sure. That, that, that's what I see at best. You're not getting, the you know, somebody who's going to make a serious impact on your fantasy team. No. I'll tell you that right now. But... I mean, it could be a valuable weapon. I, th- I think Carew is actually the most in- intriguing here. I think Drake actually is a, a good complement for sure uh, when it comes to a jive. But Carew, I mean, the, the the guy is just, I mean, he's kind of a beast out there. When he gets that ball in his hands, his yak, that's what you want. The yards after yeah, 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 the yeah. catch and everything, he just, he just doesn't like to go down at all. And when you play with the chip on your shoulder in this league, works out pretty well fantasy-wise. I, I just think I, you, you want him to be successful so that the crowd can go, Carew! Absolutely. I just don't know if he landed in the best spot for his fantasy value next season, especially as they're trying to have Devontae Parker take that next mm-hmm. step. They've still got a target hog and Jarvis Landry there. They're going to try and establish the run game you know, with J.H.I. and you know, Kenyon Drake as the sort of change of pace. Still you know, don't have a tight end in Jordan Cameron. Still don't, I mean, like this season, I don't see very much impact for these new wide receivers. But, you know, Kenyon Drake's the interesting guy as sort of a handcuff. You know, Ajay's got that sort of knee issue, degenerative knee issue. They don't know how long he's going to last. So in in the middle to late rounds of your draft, he's the guy who catches the ball already. We're talking about the, you know, running back reception impact here. If he can be a third down back, it makes it a lot easier to becoming a, you know, a three down back. Sure. You, you well, can't be a three-down back without being the third-down back. But it, yeah. he, he has size to do it, too. 6'1", 210 pounds. Or, you know, two, uh, 210. Yeah. And he's got speed for his size. He's got good feet. He just hasn't, you know, he's always been a complimentary sort of player, but even at Alabama. He so. doesn't have, also doesn't have the wear because he played at Alabama and he sure. was playing behind all these guys. So, And also, you know, realize that... The, you get a lot of times, sometimes that second guy that comes out that was playing behind the guy in college ends up being the better pro. Felix Jones? Oh, no. Not, not, that, well, not, not a good example? Not, not always. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing with... Peyton um, Hillis, then? <laughs> here's the thing with uh, Devontae Parker. I know they want him to be the second guy, if not maybe take over the, the lead role. And I think that eventually, at some point, if uh, you know if things work the, the, the way that they should, the way that they were thinking, that he will. The guy has insane talent. But the fact is, is that he has been injury prone, plain and simple. The guy just has trouble avoiding injuries, and it's happened for his, his career. And last year, they took over his, you know, his freshman season. There were glimpses of him being like a stud, but it took over. And you need somebody there in case he goes down, because 
I'm not going to rely on Kenny Stills being my you know number one outside guy, I'll tell you that. Well, but that's where Tunsil has to help, right? Because Tunsil has to solidify the fact that, that Tannehill was under duress all season last year. So if he can you know, close up his side of the line, and now all of a sudden you can give protection to Tannehill, you can allow Devontae Parker to run these deeper routes. You don't have to have everything become a target hog into Jarvis Landry because he has to just step back and throw the ball after 1.7 seconds and then throw yeah, it no, across the middle absolutely. of Absolutely, and if there's anybody who knows about relieving stress, it's Tunsil. <laughs> but also, their biggest offseason move might have just been the hiring of Adam Gates. You know, trying to you know change the culture sort of completely from the I don't even know how to describe Joe Philbin in a word because he's meh. Like yeah. he's the meh of coaches. <laughs> but this is the challenge for Gase though, because he's going from a guy who was a quarterbacks coach to then just coming in as an offensive coordinator, and now he's having to run the whole team. So the question is going to be, what's the balance going to be? You know, is he going to do it basically like Lovey Smith did, where he's like Lovey gave the offense to whoever it was, and then he ran the defense. Is he just going to let whoever run the defense, and he's going to actually run this offense? Yeah, and still try to be the head coach. Uh, that plays a big part in what goes on with the offense, fantasy wise, for all of us out is there. He play, is he calling the plays? Yes. It's going to okay. Develop, well, then yeah. he's running the offense then. So it's going to develop over the offseason. That's something that we're going to have to watch very closely to see how that offense adjusts to Gase taking control of the situation and whether and actually watch Gase and see if he can actually adjust to taking control over everything because well, that's going to that's going to be a big thing for this team. Absolutely. And that's a team that lost faith and and lost the locker room last year. Well, so sure. there's there's a lot on your plate when you're putting all these extra responsibilities on yourself. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he has. Agreed. Cool. Let's move on to the next team. New England Patriots. Screwed out of a first-round pick, but they get a Martellus Bennett from the Bears, so there's a benefit. Yeah, they got Bennett from the Bears in that offseason move, uh, and they really didn't do much uh, in the draft on the running back position, right? I mean, isn't it? Nothing. 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 Uh, They signed Donald Brown. Who gives so Donald right. Brown? They, 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 reached, like, they got back good. Legarrette Blount. Well, that, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Blount and Lewis are primed to just be. Don, you know. Donald Brown makes me laugh every time. I beat a guy uh, a couple years ago. Remember when Donald Brown had that that end of the year run with the Chargers? Uh, and I and I with the, with the Colts. With the Colts, right? Yeah. So I had him and I won the championship over him. And he's like. He calls him Doo Doo Brown. He's like, you beat me with Doo Doo Damn Brown. God damn it. <laughs> I beat him head too. <laughs> oh my god. I, he's actually. I'll be honest. I, I think that Donald Brown is slightly intriguing. I got to remember, he was a first round pick. I mean, granted, it was. You're not going to talk me into this again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk you into Donald Brown. Donald Brown. No, but Deion Lewis. Sorry, coming back from that injury, I don't. I'm not going to trust that. Really? I'm, I'm just not. Laguerre Blount, I really have no idea. I mean, he's not incredibly efficient. Uh, he does have fumbling woes. We'll see, but I, I got, I got I'm not going to say pick up Donald Brown. I, here's what you say. you got to look out for number one, but don't step at number two. <laughs> I'll say this. When Laguerre Blount went down with his injury last week, he was a top ten running back. When Lewis went down, he was everyone's surprise pick. Mm-hmm. So, Lewis, I think we found out when we were talking about running backs. At least I did. When we were talking about running backs a few weeks ago, he's too rich for my blood. He's going real, real high. So who is which one? Deion Deion Lewis. Yeah, he's going really high. I don't know what his uh, ADP is right now, but a couple weeks ago it was pretty high. They didn't draft any uh, running backs to replace him. So 
Uh, by the way, guys, look out the window. That woman walking, the German Shepherd. I know listeners can't see it. That's the lottery woman for Chicago, the one who does the lottery balls. Oh, she's, oh she lives, shit. She lives back, the old one that's been doing it for 20 years. No yeah. way. I bump in her all the time, and I try and I try and get, get, get my get, 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 get the numbers. See how many balls I got. And, <laughs> Not uh, a shot that she has a German Shepherd with her. That's true. <laughs> she she yeah, never yeah, has yeah. a man with her. So so Dion Lewis currently going in the fourth part. round, but fourth round. Fourth round, not terrible. You can get him running back 20, and last season when he went down with his injury in PPR leagues, he was running back three. This is the clearest cut, like, a Patriot running back situation has, like, ever been going into a season, in my opinion. And that's weird to say, because it's Blunt with the early down work, Deion Lewis with the late round work, and sort of, you know, James White is his handcuff, Donald Brown is Blunt's handcuff, and it's just pretty, pretty sort of clear. They've got Bolden there for special teams, they love him. Um, but they made a move in the draft to get Malcolm Mitchell, who's a fairly ta- talented receiver out of Georgia who just can't seem to stay healthy. So, you know, besides that, they added Chris Hogan, who's another, you know, route runner. And they still got Hemondola and Edelman. And, you know, it's, now it's, they've got those two tight ends. There's a lot of mouths to feed. How are these targets going to sort of break up with no Brady for the first four games? Yeah, that's what I was going Once they cut... Um... Once they cut Dobson, it's going to be a, officially an only all-white wide receiver crew. Um, Keyshawn Martin, no. Keyshawn Martin still there. Okay. Yeah. Malcolm Mitchell. Dude, that's, that's my whole. I I, I listen to, to the list of, of these receivers, and I'm thinking of like uh, Nate's our there, Bears, yeah. and I'm like, I can't even go more than four or five receivers deep on the Bears yet. The the Patriots, for some odd reason, always have like nine receivers in their in their. They balls. have to. They're and then none of them. Yeah, they can't good. stay healthy. They stay, and they stay banged up. They don't produce. And so Brady's gone the first four games. Reinstated his suspension. We all know that. What does that mean for you know off season draft whatever team that's I place? will tell you right what now you, because what are you thinking uh, well uh, it's something that affected a lot of drafts last year. Um, if you drafted just a little bit early, you didn't find out that he was going to be available and everything was going to be fine. Um, you were still thinking that maybe he had that. Dude, that was, I'm telling you, I drafted in a league two nights before the draft. That news was literally last second. Yeah. This is, uh, it's, I'm telling you, it's not something you can judge right now. Okay, I hope you're not doing your draft right now. <laughs> People, yeah. don't, please don't do your draft in, in the beginning of May. But this is a situation that Brady's going to fight. He's going to fight to the end. And if he has to bring it to the Supreme Court, he will. Uh, that's just the way he is. I'm sure you know, Giselle is like, you're kidding. Uh, you ain't getting nothing until you figure this one out because four games is not cool. So, listen, the guy is not, he's a competitor. He's going to fight it to the end. My guess is that in the end, I'll be honest, just because it's Tom Brady, I think he gets it overturned. I bet he plays every game again. I don't. I, Does this, is this like going to keep every year? This is going to keep on getting brought up? This dude, is, this, it was such a, a, one, it was a story time. that should have been you know, just over and done with in a week, and it stretched way too long. Either he should just say, you know what, fuck it. I just can't take it anymore. Just I, give me the suspension. Play Garoppolo. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, and that's all well and good. And then we'll deal with it later. The impact's going to be, it could be interesting, because they start on the road at uh, uh, the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. So then they come home for the Dolphins, then it's at home versus the Texans and home versus the Bills. So, you know, I guess in a good sense, you're going to have the ability for him to get his, his feet on the ground and have three games at home in a row. So, you know, but the other thing is I worry about their defense, but I think it, it kind of plays to their to their benefit as well that they're playing the Dolphins, 
the Texans, and the Bills. I mean, because remember, they lost Chandler Jones. Gerard Mayo retired. Um, Akeem Hicks uh, is another guy that they lost on that on the defensive front. So I think that that's going to be where you're going to see the effect of, of, uh, of the hurt, is that they're going to have to even score more points. And I think that it's going to be one where... I think it's going to be touch and go. I think they're going to probably lose that game at Arizona, but I have, think they have a good chance to, that Garoppolo, even at the helm, can come out of that 3-1. and one. Agree. I agree. I fully agree with that. Um, I want to get back to Lewis again for just a, a, a real quick second. The guy's five foot eight, five foot eight, one ninety five, a scat back type, who isn't a between-the-tackles guy at all, catches patches, passes on the edge, and uh, has spin moves and everything. When you tear your ACL, do you think you're going to come back the next year and be that same thing that you were the year before? Especially when the no previous chance. He, you were injured for the previous three seasons, essentially out of the league. Yeah, yeah um, there is so, zero chance he's going to be the guy that you were surprised with last year and are drafting in the fourth round. This the year. reason why he's good is because of Tom Brady and Tom Brady doing the dunks off to him and, and Brady's out the first four games. And I think I agree with you, Dog Manica. I'm not saying that to stay away from Deion Lewis, too rich for my blood, but I'm I'm telling people to stay away from Edelman. Edelman is not gonna have Brady for the first four games. He's essentially worthless without him. If you're not if you're in a dynasty league, he's old. Edelman's over thirty years old, thirty one years old. And if you're in a dynasty, if you're in, if you're drafting him in a yearly redraft type of league this year, where his ADP probably is going to go with name stature and people really just like the guy, it's going to be a bust of a pick. I, I what just about think Gronk? that Edelman this year will be a terrible pick. Gronk, I'm staying away from it as well. I'm, I think I'm staying away from the whole team unless, except for Brady, if you if you get him at the value, which you, he'll, he'll probably drop if this is upheld. But Edelman. If you're doing him in, in any sort of uh, redraft league, in dynasty, maybe you think there's something still there. Probably not, but it's 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 a bad call. And he's what's his? Do you do you have his ADP up? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Unless you got it there, we, I won't mention. But that, but that, that's also he gets drafted high. I mean, why, third my, round, third round. Who is this? Elements. And what's Gronk? Gronk is going to be second round or he's going to be uh, end of the first. Can you imagine drafting Edelman so, even in the first But think about this. Round. If you're oh, drafting it's, Gronkowski, it's he's going at the end of the first round. Yeah. If you're drafting Gronkowski there, that's a first round pick for you. You can't have what could be a guy who normally would give you the, to those, uh, a touchdown per game. And if he's going to give you maybe one touchdown, maybe if you're lucky two, but he's not going to give you nearly the yardage. I, I mean, I don't know what you can what you can uh, glean from uh, Garoppolo playing a little bit. And, Doesn't uh, matter. It does not matter for Gronk. Gronk's still going to Gronk. I, I agree. <laughs> that, but the, the numbers weren't that unbelievable. He didn't go over 200 points last year. It's still it's still a, it's still a risky pick, I think. And and. Now they do have, uh, hopefully, the Aaron Hernandez replacement and our old guy, Martellus Bennett, who I don't think is going to eat into him too much. We've talked about that. Gronk is Gronk. But first round, end of the first round, he's not even clearing 200 points unless, I, I don't know, I think it's risky. I, mean, I don't think it's a great the, pick for people that did it last year. this year that New England finally falters and falls. It's possible. Hey, Val. 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 I don't think that selling admission to an obviously unqualified student is very ethical or honorable. All right, Phil, um, but I'd just like to say, in all fairness to Mr. Mellon here, it was a really big check. The, the real difference when you're drafting Gonk at the end of the first round is not that he's going to score 200 points. It's that he's going to score 25 to 30 points more than the next closest tight end. And, you know, those... T- 
two points a game, you know, is easier to come by at the tight end position when you draft Gronk than, you know, it's different when you're drafting a wide receiver, you know, just the positional differential. Agreed. And just to have the the, the consistency at the position I mean, he was that you know you're going to get pretty much every week. 13 of 15 and, weeks, he was a top one tight end. And a three to four I would, block. I would agree with that except for three years ago. Um, when it was literally just him and Jimmy. Now I think there's so much talent there. I think waiting and the upside of the waiting is is worth it. So I, I, I won't tell. If you love Gronk, grab him the first, early in the second, or whatever in the second. But mm, I just I, I just don't see how he's gonna have get. He's I think he's on the down downside of where he was, which is the best of all time. Are you saying I spent too much money? You spent too much money. No. A lot of people go to Switzerland to get their watch fixed. I'm not going to spend the, the, the Switzerland money on Gronkowski this year. Crazy thing is, he's going to turn you know 27 the 14th of this month. That's he's, insane. He's still not even you know he's still in his prime. I mean, oh, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Still high pick. Um, yeah. Let's move on from the let's move on from that. Our last team in this division, PK Rippers, New York Jets, Jets, Jets. J E T S. You mean Geno Smith's Jets? Yeah. Oh. Too soon? <laughs> it's, it's, not I mean, it's too many people's. It's, 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 are they not signed? Sign there. It's, it, it's put them on the wheel of misfortune. He's not going to play. Fitz, I don't see Fitz magic going back there. After all that, I feel like they're going to. It's going to be. They're going to give it to uh, Hackenberg. Uh, oh, that'll like, be the biggest Christian? flop disaster nope. that you've ever Gino, seen. He's not ready to be a day one. Oh, that guy. Oh, it's, I, I, it's ugly. I agree, but Gino is going to get somehow. Gino's got bad luck. Let's <laughs> be honest here. Gino's going to get hit by a bus like uh, on his watch. He's like he's like the coming of uh, the next coming of Kevin Cobb. Remember Kevin Cobb? He had the job for the Bills and he oh slipped God. and like fucked up his thigh God, yeah. and for a while and coming in after training camp practice. That's what I feel about Gino. He's, I think he slipped in the shower, didn't he? He one time, but then he also slipped so like the other one that was on like going the, uh, through like a tunnel on yeah. during training camp, and it was like Kevin. It's like something out of the Onion. Literally, <laughs> it's like Kevin Cobb slips in the tunnel on the way out to practice, out for the, half the year. All right. <laughs> Listen, the fact that matters: the Jets need Fitzpatrick. They need Fitzpatrick back. Geno Smith's not going to take him anywhere. I think they know that. They know that. I mean, at this point, they're keeping him. There's nothing else they could do. Uh, but I, I think that Fitz, Fitzmagic, he's going to be back there. If they want to do anything, they concentrate on bolstering, uh, bolstering their defense in the draft again. Uh, they got a, you know a, a, a punter and an a offensive tackle later, but you know a linebacker, Darren Lee in the first. You know, and granted they got Hackenberg, but that guy's a project. There's no way that that guy can withstand what goes on in the NFL this year. There's no way he can do it. So. You know, grabbing Jordan Jenkins uh, in the third round as another linebacker and then getting a corner, uh, you know, in the fourth. I think that that's uh, – uh, they need Fitzmagic back if they plan on doing anything this year. I mean, they go out and get, they get Forte. You know, it's not like they're trying to flop and get better picks next year. They want to do something still with Marshall and Decker. Uh, I just don't see Geno Smith being able to carry that. I think they're going to have to sign – uh, the, 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 it's all about the money at this point in time, but it's it's silly, right? Because you were ten and six last year. You should have made the playoffs. Yeah, you had it in your that hands, and, and, and they blew it. They blew it. Mm-hmm. So why would you? 
why would you even mess around at this point in time? Why would you even mess around with the continuity of what's going on in the organization? Why do you want to have the quarterback, if you do bring Fitzpatrick back, that's going to be pissed off and, and, and not happy about how it all went down? You know, it's like, obviously it's a business, it's a business, but, you know, you can keep saying that all you want, but it's, it's your locker room too. But the thing is, they just don't flat out have the money. They're $13 million over the cap already. So they need to get under the cap. Then they need to figure out how to sign Fitzmagic. And he's not going to sign for $4 million a year because he wants, what, 16 he's saying? I mean, maybe you can get him back on a one-year $10 million deal. But where are you suddenly coming up with an extra $10 million? That's the problem. Like, I don't know how they're feasibly going to do it unless, you know, he decides to take a pay cut and he doesn't seem interested in doing that. He says he will flat out not play the season for what they are offering him. And you know what will happen? Well, he's, he'll injury. be a moron. He'll be out of the league forever then. Well, I disagree. If I he disagree does do that, what will happen is some injury to a team that thinks they're ready to go to the playoffs and beyond will get their quarterbacks injured and their back of like, oh, geez, Louise. Okay. Fitzmagic, we'll ride you for one one year, and Fitzmagic's smart enough, more brighter than any other quarterback to pick up. He probably actually is so smart right now, he's been given the playbook by all 32 teams and learned it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing is this, is that what he'll also do is this. I think he's one of those guys that would just be like, okay, I didn't get the big money from from the Jets, so I'm signing on with whatever whatever team, and it's going to be for bare minimum money. But watch, it'll be like... The uh, the the a team that the Jets are going to play twice. It's going to be the Dolphins. There's going to be the Bills. Or it's it'll be the Patriots for the yeah. first four games of the season. That, yeah, yeah, there you go. go. I like that. Bellberry. <laughs> In the high school I went to, they asked a kid to prove the law of gravity. He threw the teacher out the window. Mine didn't pop very well. That was actually the best I've ever done in my life. Um, what's it? This is Mellon. What's his name again? Thornton Mellon. Thornton Mellon. The movie. Back, Back to, to school. school. One of the greatest ones ever. I've just got to say, I have pulled off a triple indie at the uh, Centennial in Wilmette. It was one of the most incredible feats I've ever done. Um, I don't have a video of it, though. The music, Houdini. What is it? What's the, what's the music, Houdini? Oh, the music is uh, Trombone Shorty. We were talking. We already talked about that. So. Okay, we got you. Got you. Get gave the songs and everything. No, uh, so the, the uh, Hurricane Season was the opener, and we will we will close with Suburbia, and this is off of the album Back of Town. Love it. So the main things the Jets did in the off season was sort of reshape that running back position. You know, signing Matt Forte. You know, letting a couple other guys go, and Chris Ivory and um, Stephen Ridley, and then eventually, you know, re-signing Bilal Powell back there. So it's now uh, Kiri Robinson, uh, Matt Forte, and Bilal Powell sort of try and vary it. How's that going to shake out? Well, my question is, does does Kiri Robinson just follow Chris Ivory wherever he goes? <laughs> Yeah. Year after. Good question. That's what I'm saying. He fills, he fills his dinner. He's like, he's like, Chris Ivory's a comet, and he's like part of that tail that's coming behind. <laughs> question. Uh, most productive uh, wide receiver duo in the league last year, Decker, your guy. Um, the guy that was never your guy, but now you kind of like. So he became your guy more last season, and uh, Brandon Marshall. What are your thoughts for them right now? Let's say Fitzmagic does not sign. They don't have the money for him. I mean, if if, I if, if, Edelman, if Edelman's run, going run in the third round, what, where's Brandon Marshall going? I mean, are, these, away. Yeah, are, these, are you running away from the wide receiver, any receiver in this team? 
I don't run away from them. They, I, I just have to realize that they're not going to put up the same numbers that they did last season. I think they'll both still be fine. I don't think it's. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to drop down into uh, wide receiver three slash you know flex roles. I think they're both talented enough to be able to keep up with what's going on. I don't think that Juno Smith is so terrible that those two are just not going to do anything. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they definitely take a hit. That's the way it's going to be. It's a big hit because you look at the fact that they're going to end up, if Geno Smith is at quarterback, this is why they brought in Matt Forte, that if Geno Smith is at quarterback, we have a veteran that we can rely on, that we can give the ball to 20-some-odd-plus times a game and run him out for one year. And and the other thing is is that you, you have the quality of targets that he was getting from Fitzpatrick versus the quality of targets that these guys are going to get from Geno Smith, and the quality goes down dramatically. So... The production is going to go down dramatically, so I, I just I stay away. Just devil's advocate here. Uh, top positional weeks for the quarterback. Didn't Gino only play one game last week? And was was he, he not was number awesome. one? Was yep. he number one that week at the quarterback yeah, position? Awesome. I think. Um, I don't know if he was number one, but he was. But close. he was definitely in the. He was definitely a top uh, a QB one in the one week he played. So just playing devil's advocate. I remember looking at him like, really. All right, Gino, for a hey, guy, I mean, hey, like, he's, like got, we always he's say, got the gig. Maybe he you know might what? just surprise us. He's a, isn't he a first right. pick of the right. second it's round? Like, you, you, it's, it's just like we always give the advice. Take the guy that had the blow-up first week of the season and pick him up off the waiver wire because he's for sure going to be great for the rest of the year. <laughs> that wasn't the first week, though, was it? No, well, anyway. was week eight against Hey, Oakland. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying, take the value. This is this is foreshadowing. Get the value really deep, and if it happens, great. If not, is he's first Gino round. ever going to be one of your top twenty quarterbacks? I don't know. In he the was, one game he played, he had no, a no. huge game. And on your tiers, on your tiers, is he ever going to be a top twenty? But he didn't actually start. <laughs> yeah, he didn't actually start, but he he, he actually went, he went twenty seven to forty two for two hundred sixty five yards, two touchdowns, uh, one int, ran for thirty four yards. Uh, he ended up with twenty fantasy points. But that was tenth. Tenth. Okay. So he was he but, was a QB one, not not number one. My yeah. Um Also, along with that, you know, Brandon Marshall was targeted eighteen times in that game. Yeah. Only, only caught nine. Uh, and as for Decker that week, you know, he wasn't great. But Decker seemed to have that floor where he was catching a touchdown yeah, or hundred yards or close to hundred yards every game. But um, isn't that so, go to your touchdown dependency? And there's no way that guy's getting ten touchdowns again this year. He got it? twelve last year. I'm saying, is he going to get ten again? I mean, he could. Double digits. It, I I don't want to say too much about these players because I don't know who the goddamn quarterback is right now. <laughs> All right, and that scares me. You're the one who wanted more time here. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about Marshall and Decker, but I didn't want to talk about Gino Smith. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to move on. Our next uh, segment here is going to be the AFC North. All right. AFC North. We're moving into our hood. Even though... In ne- the cross-conferences? <laughs> yeah. Even though we're not an NFC, an AFC team. And in general, I'm more of an NFC guy. But and, and actually the team that's closest to Chicago is in the AFC South. <laughs> Andy <laughs> said by a guy that likes the American League. I'm like, I think the NFC, NFC is like the National League. I think the AFC is like the American League. Anyone agree here? Hey, Can I, I get a whoop whoop? I'm not making that comparison. <laughs> okay, Baltimore Ravens. You want to brag a little bit about Chicago baseball? Uh, sure. Both teams were were killing it. Your guys are doing great, but the Cubbies. Best record in baseball. Best record in baseball. Uh, run differential. 
of I, I believe it's like ninety three runs in oh <laughs> differential, God. more runs than some teams have scored. Oh my God! Uh, so. They have just been dominating. And I, w- I went back the, the last time, because we had out of a potential, but the two best teams in the American League and National League are, are in Chicago. Uh, the Cubs played the White Sox in the World Series 1906. in 1906. That year, the Cubs, who are on a pace to almost finish about the same amount of wins, they finished that year 114-36. and 36. The White Sox uh, won the American League at 96 and 30 and, 50, and 56 or something like that. But combined, whatever it was, it was like 209 and 80 some odd losses. So this Cubs team has the potential to be like 114 win. I'm just saying, I'll take I'll take the Cubs can have the regular season if we can play them in the World Series and take it. I think Stag part is one to post it on our Twitter account. Twitter.com forward slash Pyromaniac, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. Uh, right after that no-no number two in the t- under 10 games by Arietta, uh, he basically, um, there was a stat from ESPN, stat of the day, that they said only twice in the history of Major League Baseball has a no-hit no, no uh, game been pitched and the team that won scored 13 or more runs. In both instances, both those times that happened where there was a no-hitter by a, a pitcher and over 13 runs were scored by that pitcher's offense, both those teams won the World Series. The Cubs won that game 16-0. to zero. To zero. I'm liking their chances if they can stay healthy with this whole team. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And other than that, we get Fish for two shows this summer, Pearl Jam for two shows this summer. The whole thing that's happening over there with the Cubs and Wrigley, it's off the charts. Great time to live in Chicago. If you don't, come join us. Dogmatica's got an extra bedroom. You can stay for a couple weeks while you find a place. (laughs) For now. (laughs) As long as you have that female (laughs) unit. That's a good point. (laughs) uh, Disclaimer. Males do not apply. Baltimore <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ravens—they had a pretty busy off season here. Uh, you know, they drafted Stanley sixth overall, and they just had a slew of draft picks. I think what they have like twelve overall, to where they added a couple running backs. You know, they added the what touchdown, the leading touchdown scorer in the history of the NCAA, and Keenan Reynolds, the quarterback of Navy. To be sort of a punt returner, kick returner, slash type player. You know, that's exciting for them. And then the guy, Kenneth Dixon, I'm surprised he lasted the fourth round. Because that's that guy's got some receiving chops. And in a Mark Trestman offense, he's a guy who could surprise and pass up, you know, Justin Forsett and Buck Allen. For sure. I think the excitement on that team... Is unbelievable, and to think that they actually were planning on taking uh, Tunsil to help out that offensive line—that uh, was their initial plan. But God, they had a ton of awesome picks. Um, there is just uh, a lot happening there offensively. Uh, Remember, they got Brashad Perriman coming back this yeah. year too. Well, it's also, I mean, they've got so many new parts on this team that's just interesting. This is one of those teams you're going to have to see it play out a little bit, unfortunately, because. 
you know, they were so injured last year. You know, basically Flacco was injured, and Justin Forsett was injured, and Steve Smith was injured, and Perriman was injured. Crockett Gilmore missed some games. Their offensive line was a little beat up. I hope they, they also, got a new training staff. They also lost the best guard in football in Kalichi Osemele to the Oakland Raiders in free agency. You know, there's just a lot going on, a lot of transition sort of on this offensive side of the ball. And they spent a ton of picks on defense, but we've got to remember they brought in a speedster and Mike Wallace. You know, Kamara Aiken had a nearly a thousand yard season for them last year. Uh, Chris Moore is another guy who they drafted that can you know extend the field. There's just a ton of weapons. I, they're like five deep at running back now, and like ten deep at wide receiver. And we've got to see sort of who's the cream of the crop, who rises to the top. And can't forget that Steve Smith missed uh, basically the last half of the season as well, and that he was based. A top ten receiver at the time. Top five. Yeah, top five. Top ten, top five. Remember who their first pick was last year? Max Williams. They're saying Pitt is still going to make another shot. They've got. They've already. They picked up another. They re-signed. They got. They got, they got more depth at tight end than any. These they've guys got five just, guys there too. Yeah, these guys <laughs> are just stacked at every position. Now, is that great for you as a drafter? Only or is it great for the franchise? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I agree with that. Well, remember, too, remember how porous that defense was last year. Remember how they were just getting trounced on by everybody. And, and it's kind of ironic that it's like this division used to be like some of the the best. You had like three of the best four uh, top defenses in the league were always coming out of this division. Not anymore. So the way that they're going right now, and, and I'll tell you what. At least they're solidifying something, so it'll give a better chance for the running attack, I think, to make a better uh, impact this year. But with those other guys, here's what I like. You do have Trustman. You have Flacco, who's got the strong arm. You got you have a guy who's like the, it's a st- it's a stability factor that they have going on there, at least from the from the most important aspect, which is your quarterback. So he'll dictate who he likes throwing the ball to, who he trusts. It'll be a, it'll be a, it'll come up and get it. But whoever wins the job, this is why these guys are worth taking a shot on. Will have a chance to produce real fantasy production. And I don't remember exactly what it is. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think that they had a an easier strength of schedule this year than they usually do. So, I got it. Uh, here. Baltimore Ravens wide receivers are at four. That's your 17 weeks. Um, Ravens at quarterback for Flacco, two, two. So that's second easiest behind Romo is uh, schedule for Mr. Flacco. And I got that guy super high in all, both my tiers so far because of that. Yep. And just this weaponry and just being in his year two with this Tressman system and all going from literally having the worst talents in the league last year mm-hmm. to like this year kind of having too much. And who knows? You know, I hate Wallace, but throw Wallace in there for uh, you know a, a handful of plays at each what half. What could Wallace and do? That scares the shit out of you going deep. He can catch the deep ball. But Who he, can throw it? But he has not had anyone to throw him the ball since he's with, with Roethlisberger. Flacco can do yeah, that exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, Perriman, they got a great. So can Chris Moore. They've got all these guys who could take a top off a of defense now. When Kamara Aiken was their best receiver last yeah. year, and he couldn't take the top off of a. Uh, a, a can of soda. Yeah. Um, cool. I Anything else to talk about? Hopefully, uh, um, Mr. Steve Smith Sr. is back and healthy, if that's the case. Good grief. That, uh, that flat goes. Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati. WKRP. What do we think here? Obviously, uh, a lot of uh, jettisoned wide receiver action in Marvin Jones and um, Sanu. 
They addressed it with who my favorite guy was, and I know I told you he'd be the first guy to go. Uh, Coleman. No, Corey. they didn't. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. They drafted that, Tyler Boyd in the second that was, round. That was, that was uh, Cleveland. That was Cleveland. <laughs> You're on the wrong Ohio. Sorry, you're on the wrong Ohio. Yeah, on the wrong team. My bad. Uh, yeah, they took that. They took that boy Boyd, uh, and that's the, that's Boyd. the fella. That's the fella from Pitt. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they, he's he broke all of Fitzgerald's records. God darn it. Uh, <laughs> We're not Detroit. Valverde. When did you dream about going to college? When I used to fall asleep in high school. Let's just remember how pass-heavy these guys sort of were at points last season. When Andy Dalton was, you know, healthy, they were sort of chucking it all over, scoring touchdowns. What did Andy Dalton have? 28 touchdowns in 13 games passing. So this is a team in transition now with no Hugh Jackson. You know, got to see they've got the QB coach taking over as offensive coordinator. That usually leads to some sort of continuity. The running back position is drastically unchanged, so you're probably going to get a lot of Jeremy Hill early, Geo Lates, so expect more of the same there. The question is, just at this sort of wide receiver two spot, wide receiver two, three, you brought in Brandon LaFell, and he drafted Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's sort of a Marvin Jones light. He's a silky sort of route runner. You know, he, he had 15 100-yard games, the most since Larry Fitzgerald came out of college of any school. Um, he's just one of those guys who's a pro who can get open. He just doesn't have those things to salivate over as a fantasy owner. He doesn't have great speed. He doesn't have great size. So, But if they feed him, he's a pro's pro. He could turn out to be maybe Keenan Allen. That's maybe his best sort of statistic, uh, case situation. And then LaFell, oh my god, I don't even Jordan want to Matthews. He's like Jordan Matthews, but the thing maybe about, on a, in a better situation. Boyd, I, I don't talk about LaFell. No, so no. If you guys want to talk about LaFell, <laughs> no, no, we'll what, be out. Boyd, the other benefit he's got, though, it's like it's the best thing for a rookie, right? You have a superstar wide receiver opposite you, so he's going to take away attention. You have a up-and-coming potential superstar tight end in Tyler Eifert. So you have two guys there who are already going to draw all the attention away from you. You're going to get a better matchup. And you're not going into a Geno Smith or whoever the question mark quarterback is going to be in a, in a deal. you got Andy Dalton, who's an established running into offense quarterback. And was having his best season ever last year and to go to wide receivers and on the strength of schedule from Dogmatica also. Cincinnati Bengals, fourth easiest for um, easiest schedule for Dalton and second easiest for wide receivers. I wonder if this is also part in the fact that, that the defenses in that division and their own division are not as good. It's definitely it's a, a big part. Of I mean, that's, 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 that's an extra six games that you get against these. For sure, but I mean, I mean, another big thing for him as well is the fact that that running game, while it didn't do as well as expected last year, but it was such a severely tough schedule. Um, it's still, a, I mean, that's a still a running game that defenses have to pay attention to. Yep. So being that fourth option, fifth option from the get go might turn into a, a higher option later on for that rookie. And then Cincinnati, maybe their best pick of the draft was William Jackson, who they basically just pilfered for Pittsburgh. So you've got that going for you. Yeah. And the rest of their picks, they spent a lot on defense. Uh, their only other offensive pick, uh, skill position-wise, was Cody Core out of Mississippi, who's who's a guy who's going to provide depth for them. He's, he's a not guy. Gonna, he's not going to be a fantasy producer. The thing I like about this team the most is 
one that receiving crew and everything like you said it's got the same same it, it, there's something there's something there that's uh that's it's the same system and Dalton's got to be hungry and the way that they played in that last game just the way that that season ended there's no way that the core players in that team haven't been working their butt off towards making, especially with um, Marvin sticking around. I mean, hope that team better be fucking all off season, like pissed as hell, working their ass off, and because they were literally a Super Bowl caliber team, and to end the way they did in that game after leading and botching and making all that stupid uh, knucklehead play, it's and still being able to win with Dalton out. Uh, it's like this I team still, better be focused and ready to fire it up. I can't believe that Marvin Lewis still has a job. I, it, it reminds me; it feels like it's a college coach. It feels like it's a college coach who just brought a team or, or a college won a championship that had, or not even you know, cause he's not, okay. no because yeah, he's, he's lost he in the did, first yeah, round yeah. of the playoffs every yeah, single yeah, yeah. year. But that's what he, he's still no, no. around. Like so he what, won a what he is. He's a, he's a college coach <laughs> 10, who worked at a, who came to a team that had like never been to a bowl game in like forty years. Right? He's taken them to the bowl game in the last four years, but they've gotten trounced every time they get it there. It is what's happening. Get, get, he, he can't get fired. Well, they show the, they show the Gerald of the, <laughs> well, they show the previous coaches and their record, and then they show his, and it's like. Uh, just dis- it's, it's a hugely different number. He's winning. Right. But he loses early and he's not going far at all. But it is that exactly. Yeah. He can win until it's time. It matters. To, until it matters, yeah. Reminds me of the Bush family. All right, Cleveland. Hey, now. Pan down. We need one push. Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. What I was saying earlier. Hey, my guy. Hey, my <laughs> man. What's up? How you doing? RG3 and him. Uh, looking forward for RG3 to... Are you want to make a, under the bus? Do you want to make a, a, a Brandon Cooks under six foot bet with this guy? Will he pay it? No, I'm out betting you, fucking guys. <laughs> Fuck off! I'm not betting anymore. You guys are betting amongst yourself from now on. Uh, Corey Coleman, interesting. This is a team that drafted five wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> um, they already have like four on this, like on the roster. So they've now got nine and. It's like they drafted variable skill set wide receivers that I don't know how these guys are going to mesh. This is a team like the only wide receiver you can even think about spending a pick on is Corey Coleman. And that's just because it, they have to showcase him in the offense. You know, the run game here, you know, Hugh Jackson's running some coach speak today. Yeah. He's, you know, Crowell and Duke Johnson are the best they've ever looked. No well, best he's seen. Well, he he he. Oh, he's basically saying, he's basically saying like these you guys been sucked the against me. I've been in the league. I've been in the league. These are some of the best guys I've seen. Like, give me a break, buddy. No pads right. on. That's the Crowell thing. We always say. Yeah. Crowell looks great with no pads on, but uh, I mean, then they've got RG three at quarterback. They got Josh McCown at quarterback. They added Cody Kessler in the draft. That was Hugh Jackson's guy mm-hmm. when you know Connor Cook's still on the board and all these other guys are still on the board. They draft Cody Kessler out of USC, who's a game manager, to put it lightly. But hey, he did pretty well with Dalton, so maybe um, all three of these guys are going to get a chance to compete for the you know top spot. I'm gonna go with RG three from day one, but that's just me. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna draft one of the quarterbacks from Cleveland, you've got to at least draft RG three fantasy wise, just because he's got juice in his legs to provide some impact. I thought you were gonna say if you draft a Cleveland quarterback, you must be in a two quarterback league. 
Well, that's also true. <laughs> Probably. But you can't forget about Gary Barnage. I mean, the, the guy is a super-duper tight-end athlete, and I, I've always been a big backer of his, and he obviously... Isn't he in our... He's on our draft kit bust list, though. Huh? Maybe uh, that, that maybe that Doesn't happens, mean it's going to happen. But, but, I mean, RG3, who knows? He might have to defer to, to, to that sort of situation. But, yeah, I mean, another person you can't forget about? Well, yeah, you can't. Terrell Pryor. Yeah, I can forget about that. <laughs> I got Pryors. <laughs> no, the guy Ooh. you can't forget about is, and they still think he might be able to come back, is Gordon. Josh Gordon, they, they still think that he's going to be able to, disp- to push Johnny Manziel away and not be at Coachella and every picture in the background of him. And there's something that it seems like all the experts out there are like, if this guy shows that he doesn't want to just be at parties, and he can, he'll get reinstated. Because the league knows. It's kind of ridiculous that one of the best talented guys in the league, just because he's smoking some dope, all of them do, uh, has been out of the league for the last two years. They don't, they don't like this, but they have to kind of hold firm. Well, also, Johnny Manziel just brought himself into prison today, so that that, yeah. that helps. Yeah. We got <laughs> uh, bail, so it's just a mug shot. I know, I know. But, but, but it's, it's, yeah, it's John- glad he finally recognized he's beating women and he's, his, his party brigade might be over. Pittsburgh Steelers. There we go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, the only thing I'm going to say about Pittsburgh Steelers, Sammy Coates' fiance, Smoke Show. What do you guys got to say about this team? Pretty much the same as we thought, except minus Martavis Bryant because of that sort of year-long suspension for him. And they didn't add anything to the offense basically in the draft except for a seventh-round wide receiver, I believe. So Yep. But Sammy Coates got very limited action last year. Yep. They're expecting him to step up. He's a guy who could sort of take the top off of defense as well. He doesn't have the same length as uh, Martavis Bryant, but he's close. The thing is, Ben Roethlisberger... Is being drafted ahead of Drew Brees, and being drafted ahead of you know Tom Brady, and these things don't make sense to me. As he's what thrown thirty-two touchdowns once in his career. I would maybe consider it if if they had Martavis Bryant there. He for sure five fantasy points less over the last two years. What people games love about Roethlisberger without Martavis Bryant, he throws he can throw for five hundred yards, four hundred yards, four hundred yards, sixty yards, five hundred yards. Yeah, so. While you're not getting all the touchdowns in the in the aggregate at the total at the end, you're going to get some of these games that are just redonkulous. Let's remember also, audit your previous season. A year ago, Ben Roethlisberger was like the third quarterback going. He was so ranked, maybe fourth. He was so ranked so high by everyone because you had Antonio, because you had Martavis only missing the first four games, because of all they had. Last year, the number one player off any board was uh, Bell, and he was missing those first two games. So he was super, and he missed a ton of games. He did. He was. It was, it was he top twenty-five? Ben Roethlisberger last year. Um, every year, basically, Ben Roethlisberger, because of all the talent around him, is getting that nod over the Bradys, over the Breezes, and it's just it's unwarranted. You can't. You don't 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 make that mistake. I agree. Uh, like, like like I said, especially with Martavis out, you just don't make that mistake. We'll have a couple of great games, but your guessing games is as good as mine. Yeah, so, and, and that's the worst part too, because Martavis brought such that dimension. They don't have anybody else there that can that has that speed over the top. And if you want to say Sammy that's Coates, not true. Is it, you that's want, not true. Darius Hayward Bay, yeah, he still has a okay. Lot of speed. Well, okay, and he, and but, he, but but let me let me let me, let me, let me, let me finish and, and qualify this because, and you'll say okay, you'll agree with me. Darius Hayward Bay, just like Sammy Coates, 
um, who had the exact same problems as Hayward Bay coming out, hands. Yeah. So Martavis Bryant was like glue when that ball was a deep pass going in fades over the shoulder. Not really. But he he definitely had he left some points on the. But he also had more speed where he got more breakaway that made those catches easier too. He's a, he's a guy. Some of his moves are just so yeah. sick to watch. He's got given. The thing about Martavis is he's got the blend of size and speed, and he could do it in the open field and in the red zone. These guys don't have all those parts of the Fluidity game. Fluidity, you know? and for a guy his height, he was, he's kind of like um, out of space. The guy shot himself in the leg. He's oh, Plaxico. He's strong. He's like one of those lanky dudes that just naturally, he's just as gifted as they come. So Heath Miller retires. That's an off-season move. But... They get the one one of the most polarizing guys like a Deion Lewis that we're going to be talking about all offseason is going to be Ladarius Green, a guy I'm not buying into, a guy that um, you know I think I am, I am, and we're gonna there's going to be talk about this throughout the whole offseason. Hopefully, he finally fulfills his prophecy, but he comes in with a ton of opportunities because Bryant's out, mm-hmm. because he's got such a great uh, counterpart at wide receiver. With because Brown. they're going to spread him out wide and use him as a wide receiver type guy, and uh, he has that type. of skill sets. So. In that in that case, is he like a Malcolm Floyd, or is he like, who do you compare him? Is he like a, a, um, a Hankerson? Not trying to like undermine him, but like who is this? If he's a wide receiver as a tight end, just his style, what kind of, who would be a correlation on the type of wide receiver-esque player he could be? I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I was thinking of... Because uh, if he is a wide receiver, who? what kind of wide receiver who is, is that? Who is that... Uh, Colts tight end, the, the, the Dallas boys. Clark. Clark. No, but he's yeah. not not really Dallas no, Clark. Fleener. He's a lot more fluid than Dallas Clark. He Dallas Clark more was more fluid than Dallas. He was Clark. A, he was just a route runner who was a plug, you know, like a pluggy looking guy. Ladarius Green is that kind of gazelle looking guy. He's almost like he he kind of has the look of Kellen Winslow, but he just has never put anything together. Is the problem? Yeah. So um, I don't know who is comparable. What's his name? I'll, I'll, I'll give you the wide receiver comparable. JJ Stokes. There, I like that. That's not bad. I like that. Yeah, I mean, cool. he's currently going in the beginning of the ninth round. So, I'd uh, be happy with that, to be honest. I like him. He's Here's what you want to look at. That, that he's a like guy that you're drafting. Good. You're not no. drafting him no. as your starting tight end. You're going to draft him as your backup. Okay? In the ninth round, and tight he's end, tight end, ten. Ten. That sounds valuable. Okay. That's value. That's value. But it's going to be depending on it's going to be depending wow, on leagues, okay? where, where he goes. But if you're waiting to the, at the very end... You know, and you're, maybe you're going to say, "Okay, I'm going to draft two tight ends in the next like three rounds or whatever," or if you already had a, a tight end early, and and if you're in other leagues, where I think that I don't know if he's if he keeps rising up the boards, I'll be I'll I'll, I'll be staying away from him. But if he falls into that value as a backup, that's the kind of guy you want who has the potential to have huge games because of the situation, because of the offense, and because of his skill set. Yes, you know, touchdowns. And the tight end, they matter more than any other position. For Between sure. Martavis Bryant and Heath Miller, they vacate 39 red zone targets. Ladarius Green's going to get some of those. Antonio Brown already led the league in that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say he's getting more red zone targets. Like, they're still going to throw in the red zone. Hey, Le'Veon Bell's going to be back, but he hasn't been great at punching it in from, you know, close, dependably. And you mentioned that neither Coates nor Hayward Bay or any of those guys have the hands for the red zone, so it's by default Ladarius Green. He's yeah, got or a chance. Wheaton. I mean, we didn't even really mention Wheaton very much, but I don't see him as being a. No, he's not great in the red zone, but he could do those Edelman type things, quick outs. But then you've got Antonio Brown already running those routes. How's that going to work? Ladarius Green's going to get his due. 
right. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of I I think it's very really good value. And if Le'Veon Bell does get injured this year, I think at that point we have to say this guy is uh, gonna his career is gonna be uh, muddied with uh, with injuries. Um, Hope that doesn't happen. Quickly on um, uh, quarterback SOS, Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, fifth easiest. Good times all around for them. The receivers are number one. If yeah, pick number one for the receivers on easiness of schedule. So things to consider. Uh, let's should we move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's next division. All right. So our next division is going to be the AFC South. All right, so AFC South, man, a lot of happening uh, with, with in drafts and offseason. In this division, probably more than any. This is probably, in my mind, going to be the most fun to talk about. Every one of these teams address their issues. So let's start with uh, the Houston Texans. All I'm going to say is I was a Braxton Miller lover, jock smoke, um, smoker for pole smoker for ages. That guy's just too talented. Got drafted second round, third third round, uh, to the perfect situation ever, being the slot receiver on the Houston Texans. I love that guy, and I love what Mayock says about him. I love everything I read about him. This guy thinks he's the best player in the league, and he went to he's raw talent, but he's just insanely talented. And uh, he reminds, in my opinion, I think he could have a career like an Anquan Bolden, but he has that explosiveness where he's an ex-QB, he's a bit raw, he really just has about a year or so under his belt to play in that position. Um, what, what, what a spot to go in. If Brock can be any worth of crap uh, when you got, when you got um, DeAndre and you got the, the running, the, the whole situation there, you get... Uh, Lamar Miller, it's incredible. So I'm a big Braxton dude, and he wasn't even the first wide receiver that they took <laughs> in the draft. I mean, here's the thing with Braxton Miller. I don't really like guys transitioning right away. He didn't have a lot of college production as a wide receiver last year. Agreed. Um, he never stayed healthy in college. You know, he's a guy who likes to run to contact because he was always – Thought he was a bigger quarterback type who could truck defenders, and that led to a lot of shoulder injuries and things like that. I wonder how that's going to play out. Um, I just don't know how much they're going to play him early in his career. I think they drafted a receiver before him. I don't know how many three-wide receiver sets they're going to go with. Cecil Shorts is still sort of ahead of him on the depth chart. You know, this is a team that bye ran. Bye, Cecil. That team ran a lot of two-wide receiver sets last year with with tight ends. And that's the thing that scares me about Braxton Miller's immediate impact. Do I think he can eventually turn into a Percy Harvin-type playmaker, running the ball, catching the ball, doing those type of things? Yes. But I think he's also got that same Percy Harvin level of injury risk. You know who I think he more and uh, resembles? fantasy relevance, I'm sure. Well, and I'll give you the guy in fantasy relevance who he, would be, who he will be. Because I also hate the guys that are transitioning from one position to the other. This is not 1960, 1970, where guys were two-way players. You know, it, it doesn't happen anymore. So, the guy who was a quarterback, who ended up becoming a wide receiver, Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, interesting. It's not too bad. Uh, do you guys know who his quarterback was last year? When he was running his routes, the guy that became his quarterback, the worst accuracy, worst quarterback, uh, he even thought it was a joke when the Bills picked him. Cordell Jones, 
is terrible as a quarterback. That's who was thrown in the pill for half the season. Doesn't J- matter. JT Barrett. JT Barrett. Yeah. yeah. Just terrible. He's going to be just fine. He's going to get it. He's going to work hard. He's going to put in the effort. This guy's going to be a pro for a long time. Does that mean he's going to have a great year this year? And do I, do I agree with some of the things you say about Harvin? And we know we don't like those tricky kind of wide receivers. I think he's going to be the slot. I think they're going to go on that youth movement and say, hey, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year, but we're not that far. Let's let's see what we got. Let's throw all our youngsters into the fire, and, and 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 we're a team to be reckoned with over the next three to five years. Here's here's I think one of the biggest things and the best things that the Texans did with this situation. For years, they have been looking for a second wide receiver. Andre Johnson didn't have a compliment. There was just nothing there that that would really stand out. Now they got DeAndre Hopkins, who there's really nothing there that had really stood out. They drafted a Jalen uh, Strong last year, and he's got some potential, but he got in trouble in the offseason. So they went and grabbed uh, a Will Fuller. Cecil Shorts has uh, had some injury pass, but he's not too bad. Braxton Miller, obviously you're talking, you're, uh, he's going to be a good one if you ask me to. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. But what they have now is an actual real competition amongst real NFL wide receivers, real players Great who point. can actually be a real wide receiver too in this league. They haven't had that for a long time. And for their team in reality, not fantasy, I think that's the best thing for them. It'll play out throughout the mud of the offseason on so who actually like yeah who who ends up coming to the top uh, for fantasy purposes and we'll we'll address that obviously throughout the offseason but right now it's actually going to be really exciting to see who wins that second receiver spot along with uh, the slot receiver I think you should definitely consider Braxton Miller if you're in dynasty leagues where you can stash a guy for a year or two he's a great project guy that could you know he could he could, he could become something special you're great right point. great point and I think the one thing that you had mentioned, awesome point for, for you, Dogmatica, as well. It's like that competition, it breeds, you know, it's going to improve uh, how hard people work. And it's been a weird kind of situation over there. It's been the, the all DeAndre. But the thing that's funny is the guy, Fuller, was the second wide receiver taken in this draft. This is a guy that a lot of people are like, is this, is this Ted Ginn? Or is this, I don't even know who they're... He's a, kind of a lanky, fast as hell, a terrible hands catcher, a body... He's is more he the fuller of the four fullers in the NFL fullers? He's no. the Notre Dame guy. No, but he's the, he was drafted ahead of Doxon and ahead of Latrell yeah. Dreadwell. The, all, those were three, three, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, three yeah. picks in a row. But that means, that just shows you what they have in store for this guy. And I kind of think... Could be wrong, but I think Fuller is going to get a lot of opportunity to go with that, that those deep routes and those longer route tree. And then obviously, you know, Nuke is going to do what Nuke does. And then that slot, uh, you've got Braxton Miller. That is, that goes from what you said, Snoresville and like one dude, no, to dynamic, dynamic. And Jalen Strong, you can't forget about yeah. that guy. That yeah, guy Jalen, yeah. Yeah. serious. But and Bill O'Brien, who's a he great was like quarterback a second, coach. third rounder yeah. last year. Yeah, Jalen. Yeah, the thing is with Will Fuller, they brought him in for Yak. So they want to use him on sort of different things. DeAndre Hopkins was the worst wide receiver in the league at Yak. Yeah. They thought Will Fuller was the best compliment on Yak sort of routes. So yeah. that's why they decided to take Will Fuller over Josh Dotson, who's got some nuke traits to him, and then over Laquan Treadwell, who's you know controversial in some ways, who we'll talk about tomorrow. Great point. Um, that That's the reason they went with Will Fuller. He could take the top off the defense with 4-3-2 speed. And he can run after the catch. 
The thing is, this is an offense that's going through a ton of transition. And whenever we've seen offenses get this sort of dream team, space eaters, we've got weapons everywhere on the field, it takes a while to develop, if it ever develops. Yeah, and uh, no, and besides the one that you know is going to do something, it's really rare to find somebody else to rise to the top uh, enough to depend on fantasy-wise. Uh, usually it's a smorgasbord with guys being plugged here and there. Uh, last thing we're going to say on, on the Texans real quick, uh, or do you guys got more? I got to say? a little bit. A little bit more. I'm sure you want to talk about Lamar Miller. I just want to say that, yeah, there's a, it's a team in transition. And they actually do have a couple of really good tight ends. I know they don't use the tight ends and haven't used them very much in the past. But when you got an athletic kid like Ryan Griffin out there and C.J. Fedorowicz, I mean, those guys can actually do some things. Fedorowicz is more of a, a bulky, big blocker type guy. But Griffin has some skills that can actually do something. Maybe they have a transition where the tight end, tight end is actually used this year. I don't know. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of changes for some teams this year. Uh, it's just a different quarterback situation, a different running back type of situation with these guys. It's not the same thing like with an Aaron Foster. Miller's a different type of guy, and I'm sure you guys want to talk about that. Go for it. Well, I like to go to the Car- Caribbean and wear my fedora bits. Well, barely drinking. I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. But since you want to help, maybe you can help me, okay? You remember that thing we had about 30 years ago called that Korean conflict? Yeah, where we failed to achieve victory. How come we didn't cross the 38th parallel and push those rice eaters back to the Great Wall of China and take the first brick and nuke them back into the fucking Stone Age River? How come? Tell me why! Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Because Truman was too much of a pussy wimp to let McCarthy go in there and blow out those coming bastards! Answer. <laughs> okay, so just quickly on the running back situation, they brought Lamar Miller in to be a feature back, but then they also added Tyler Irvin in the draft, who's an interesting player in his own right, who's a guy who can catch the ball really well. That's one of Lamar Miller's skills too, but they're going to need some change of pace guys. He's a guy that can return kicks, he's got some elite juice in his legs. He's one of those space players who can just make people miss in a Braxton Miller type of role. This is just going to be an exciting offense to watch grow. You've just got to be patient with these guys, and it might take a year or two for them to all come together. Offensive line, troublesome or all right for this team? It's, it's been good. They added Nick Martin uh, out of Notre Dame in the draft, who's Zach Martin's uh, younger brother. Mm-hmm. He can play center. He can play guard. I think they lost a uh, center earlier this offseason. Their offensive line always seems to shape up, and they find guys late in drafts that can contribute for them. They lost two offenses, Ben Jones and uh, and Brandon Brooks on the offensive line. Bears added to the offense of Houdini's stomach. Good teacher. He really seems to care about what I have no idea. Indianapolis. Let's go to the Colts. Colts. What have we been talking about for ages on Luck getting hurt and then obviously Hasselbeck getting hurt and the reason why that team was being uh, held back? The offensive line. What did these? What did this team do in this draft? Four of them. (laughs) There you go. Shocker. Including with the first uh, round pick, they drafted Ryan Kelly out of Alabama, who they considered one of the best safest centers coming out after there was sort of a run on tackles early. 
which was to be expected. They were probably hoping for Taylor Decker to fall to them so they could solidify the right outs, uh, right tackle. But they took the best sort of interior lineman on their board, and they just had to do it. I mean, Andrew Luck's the franchise. You're about to pay him a $100 million contract here soon. Protect him. You know, their team is obviously much better when Andrew Luck is healthy because every season he's been healthy, they've made the playoffs. And then they did pick up a, a really good backup, and it's not just crap anymore. I, th- I think that Scott Tolson is, is actually a really legit backup who can uh, take over the helm in case he's needed, uh, in case Luck happens to fall again. But uh, just Luck being healthy himself, just uh, I mean, that just makes all the difference in this line, and, for sure. And Andre Johnson being jettisoned. We know who the top three receivers are yep. going into the season. We've got two I Hilton, we've got Dante Moncrief. And we've got Philip Dorsett in his second season, and he could take the top off of defense. All interesting players, all guys all be targeting at various points in the draft because T.Y. Hilton's now becoming a little bit of a value. Moncrief's got a chance for 1,000 yards, and he could be the guy in the red zone. We also have the benefit now of no longer having to, to deal with who is it. Is it Kobe Fleener? Is it Dwayne Allen? Kobe Fleener is gone, so now it's Dwayne Allen's show. So you're going to be able to do that spread, use Allen to be in there as that blocking guy who can then release and go out into the pattern. So I think it's, 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 it's setting up well. And, I mean, they still have a backup tight end who is serviceable and showed himself to be serviceable in Jack Doyle. Jack but, Doyle. Doyle! What's Doyle rules? <laughs> <laughs> I do think that it was interesting um, that they did happen to sign a couple of former Patriots. I don't know if that's just to gain some knowledge of the Patriots system, see what they're doing over there, or if they actually legitimately like uh, Josh Boyce and Brian Timms. Uh, both of them legitimately have a little bit of talent, just never really did anything with it yet. And I doubt they, maybe they crack the roster, maybe they don't. It's probably just uh, you know to pick their brains about what's going on over there in, in New England. But either way, Boyce is the only one that could be maybe potentially interesting because. Uh, I, Special I, teamer. Yeah, that's, exactly. that, that's, that's, that's what you're looking at. With but that. but also, the Colts last season ran a ton of plays out of three wide receiver sets. Let's expect that to continue, except now we know who the actual three wide receivers are. We know who the one tight end is going to be in the set, and we know who the running back is going to be because they didn't add one in the draft at all. They did. That was my whole thing is not drafting at least a player in the draft at least drafting a seventh round pick. They did. They did spend some money. One of the bigger bonuses of the uh, off the UDFA period was to Josh Ferguson out of Illinois, yeah. who's known mm-hmm. as you know a third down type back with a little bit of bulk and a little bit of juice in his legs. I like that because Gore, what thirty three? If uh, if Gore goes down, it's Trubs. I'll tell you right now. I mean, your your backups are Robert Turbin, Jordan Todman. Can you say? Can you say? Can you say journeyman, journeyman, journeyman backups? All yeah. of them. Like, these none of these guys have ever proven to be a starter. So what does that tell you? It tells you lean on luck, lean on the passing game. They're gonna these wide receivers are gonna have a chance to score a lot of points, and Dwayne Allen's gonna have a chance to score a lot more points than he has these, in the past. Is there any of these guys you're not targeting? Are you targeting sort of all Colts? I mean, I, I'm, currently no, Gore's I'm, going in the eighth round. I'm, I'm not targeting really? Gore. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up on the running back. I'm just targeting the wide receivers in, in, in the passing game. But at the same time, I want to find who's going to be the ones that are going to come into value. You know, I think the value is Moncrief. I think, I think, I think all three. 
Are, are they, you know, it depends. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's going in the fourth, Moncrief's going in the seventh, and Philip Dorsett's going in the eleventh. I like it'll be seventh. interesting. Yeah, you get good value on either one of them. Could you imagine you end up with all three of those guys on your team? I have the entire Indianapolis Colts for I wouldn't team. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I'll t- take a couple of them. I like my, I like my I've got T.Y. super high in my team. Never be afraid of taking two wide receivers on a team because we, we, we know that that's a myth that's that's been disproven so many times. Nope. If yeah. you have two great receivers or two receivers that are that are you're going to you're going to you, you, you will score. Look, the Bears did it with Curtis Conway and uh uh what was his name? Uh, Jay Graham? Yes. Well, here's what here's what I'll say on that team. There's a lot of running backs out there that are available that are either going to be out of the league or they're going to get picked up. So they're younger than Gore, but there's a lot of guys that they can still pick up if a Gore goes down or if they're not feeling confident. I'm not saying it's a great situation. It's going to be a revolving but at door least it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a revolving door, but at least there's some uh, a lot of games played under their belt. There's a lot of veterans out there that can can be professionals, learn the system, and protect Locke. I will say right now that that Graham call was probably the biggest out-of-my-ass call I've made in a long, long time. <laughs> to be honest, I don't even I know. I have no idea where that I came from. I was like, from. David Terrell? David <laughs> Terrell. <laughs> Who was the guy they had talking at the draft that never said a word? Oh, that's Curtis Conway. That's Curtis Conway. <laughs> that was Seaway? Yeah, Curtis Conway was one of the NFL guys. He was with Brian Billick and uh, and Scott, our, John, our boy Johnson. Um, Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen, sorry. And literally, he Conway. Is a, he is Dick Johnson. And wasn't Conway and Dick talk once the whole time? He's like, he's, wait, wait, wasn't he dating a female wrestler or married to a female wrestler? Yeah, China. She died a couple weeks ago. Sorry, rest in is peace. Is that right? He was married to her, right? No, I'm kidding. No, no, who was he? He was married to some. some he was, he's married to some. Curtis check Conway was? Curtis Conway. Oh, no, Layla Ali. That's his wife. Really? Yes. All right. So, awesome. so I'm happy he's, he's rolling. That's like, why he stays like quiet Chris. because if he opens his mouth. To get yeah. smacked. It's not, it's yeah, all, Layla all. Ali since 2007. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Um, I like it. Here's what I'll say about the Colts. I've already said it, so let's move <laughs> on. Jacksonville move on. Jaguars. Here's a team who spent pretty much all of their draft capital on defense. We know this is a team who's going to focus a lot on defense. They also here. spent all their free agency capital, for the most part, on defense. And they still got a lot more capital to spend if they ever want to. Uh, but this is a team that also added Chris Ivory to the running back backfield to you know convert those short yardage plays to convert in the red zone. That's a good pickup for them. They're they're ascending team. The question is, can this defense also ascend with the offense and make it a viable football team? Because we haven't seen it. Well, the, the, the best the, two picks of any defense in the first two rounds they got. You know, and debatable if Miles Jack's healthy, sure. But you exactly. added Malik Jackson, and what was short term? What, what was the dude? Uh, what was the dude that got hurt last year? Uh, uh, the number one Dante overall? Fowler. Yeah. Dante Fowler. Fowler. You got this guy coming back too. So third this, pick overall. Yes, yeah, so you got you got, if, and he got hurt early. So he's had a long uh, time. It's, pre, it's over a year by the time the, the season gets around. You'll have Fowler. You'll have Malik Jackson. You'll have all these guys that they've added to this defense. I'm telling you what. It may not, if it's not this year, this is one of those things, too. When you talk about team defenses and you talk about, we talked about how, oh, you, you don't have to be the guy going after the first one. We were talking, oh, Denver. Denver was going last year as like the number 10 defense, yeah, and Mike yeah, yeah. Carolina was like the number nine or whatever it was. Jacksonville is going to be a sneaky defense this year, but the real value for them as a defense will be next year, the, the, the 2017. That's going to be one of those ones that no one will be drafting them. 
pay attention. Jump on it early. I think this is another one of those teams in the three to five uh, years down the road, like we were talking about with Houston. This is a Super Bowl caliber team They're turning in around. the near future. This team. Oh, that's high praise. Oh, it is going to happen. high praise, but I personally, it, I think that was one of the most brilliant drafts I've seen in a while. Now, in three one, years, one, this one, team one, is going to be going deep into the playoffs. One more that's problem to fix. We've got to get rid of Gus. I like the, I like him. The players yeah. love him. It's, they love him. He, yeah, he just needs to be a figurehead. Coach issue tweet, dude. That, I'm, I'm, that he's going to carry. He's going to Doug Collins them into the point when they he's when passionate. they hire their, I don't mind they that hire their Phil Jackson. That's what's I don't happen. mind that guy. I'm not saying I, I, I know coaching all that well, but the players like him. I don't think he's like a players coach where it's easy. He's still a tough nosed guy. He I like the, I like his demeanor on the sideline. He he doesn't bother me. I'm not saying he'll be the coach when they do get, start getting real deep, but they've got between that offense and that stocked offensive players and that defense that they're starting to build up, that, that team is getting it done on both sides of the ball. Where, uh, in non-fantasy NFL football, I can see them being a, a team at the top of the AFC for years to come in the next few years. I'm just going to say, the, the, the steal of all steals was the guy that they were supposed to take in the first round, they get in the second round, Miles Jack. Miles Jack. Yeah, well, I'm... I know he's got the I knee mean, issue and the whole thing. He's an idiot. That you want to let's just do a segment right now. I'm an idiot. Uh, we already did it. I'm an idiot with uh, Tunsil. The week of the draft to the what New York Daily or the New York Times, he's saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, my knee's great. I might need microfracture surgery." No one said that except for him. him. Yeah. The week of the draft, dumbass. What a fucking idiot! How could you possibly ever say that? And, it, and, so, and then he's like, I'm embarrassed that I f- fell to the second round. Be embarrassed by yourself because that is it's it worse t- than that whole thing I said with the Molotov co- cocktail. Mo- yeah, Mazeltov cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the equivalent. I mean, you're, you're right. It, it, it is political suicide. It's, it's whatever you want to call it. It's, it's like everything that you could do wrong. And what are the microfractures? We might have to drill micro- 16 holes with, the, with, right. with drills. Into my knee. Microfracture surgery is is the hey, absolute taboo guy. word for 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 teams. They when they see that they go done. Don't want to deal with you. You're gonna have a short career and we're gonna be paying you for disability. Forget it. The beautiful thing about it, it didn't work in MJD's favor long term. But MJD had it, and then the next season he did actually lead the league in the worst rushing. Season, season ever, but he in NFL it's a lot. It's a lot different than the NBA because it really takes your vertical and stuff like that. But it's never a good thing to say. It's not a good thing in any league, but in the NFL and maybe for a linebacker, I think if he does have microfracture, he still could be just fine. He's not. He's not he, trying to jump forty. He should have gone to the dunk. Bull Durham school of what you t- say to the media. Uh, I'm just hoping that I can help out the ball club. Yeah. Uh, you know, just happy to be here. Uh, just taking it one day, one, one last, game at a time. Last thing I'll say <laughs> on that. Remember Tunsil? Just go back to him. Sorry. That after he got drafted, first thing he says in his conversation, "Yeah, I took money from my coach." <laughs> well, they threw them under the bus. Oh my god! Yeah, unbelievable. The, the, the guy, the guy so from the guy from the Dolphins, like the guy, the guy from the like, "You kidding me? You didn't learn from this other fucking thing?" He's like. Oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. This thing's done. Yeah. Show's over. How many oh, teammates should be like, hey, Tunsil, can we'll you keep a no secret? Uh, obviously, I can't. Have you seen my media page? <laughs> I took money from the coach at my at my uh, conference. At There's training. more than one after, coach. After more after than one coach. 
Let's Here's what I'm going to say on the Jaguars, and then I'll... We're done. I'll Let's move on. Stay, okay, last thing, okay, last thing I'll say on the Jaguars. I just hope that their fans are extremely happy with that draft. Because I being around here in Chicago, I found a lot of people really upset with our draft or pissed off at the picks they took. And I was excited every time. I thought that they were great picks. Yeah. The, granted, you know, first-round pick, we'll talk more about, you know, stuff tomorrow, whatever. But I, I, I thought that the Bears had a really good draft as well. And people were upset because there's not the flair. Yeah. There's no flair of the big name anywhere, the big offensive name. But there so is the flair. They got two flair, yeah. You know, we did get some flair. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're trying to build a team, a la like a Theo Epstein did with the Cubs, you guys were talking about the Cubs earlier, sometimes you got to trim the fat and get rid of the guys that may be big names, but you got to let them go to build a team that makes it better. This is kind of the thing that's going on with the NFL right now, especially with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not flashy. You know, you're not getting the big names that you want to see out there, that you want to see them taken or whatever. But this is a team, and this is a draft that's going to make this team awesome. A team that you love. It's going to be names that you remember forever because they got that good because of this draft. Well, Ramsey could be the best player in the draft by far. This could be the next Peterson. Could be the next... uh, He he could be the best player over the the next 15 years ever. And he slips. It's a guy that probably should have been the first if it wasn't a quarterback league. And some, he's going to be sick. And then you get Miles Jack, who I think is going to be just fine. Well, let's, let me transition yeah. it to the next team yeah, because yeah, you talk about that draft. Well, let me give you another one. Another team that had stockpiled a ton of all these picks with the trade down, uh, the Tennessee Titans. And what do you do with it? You know, it's a matter of of, of how you score. So you know, you look at their uh, at the first pick. They, again, passed on the tonsil after the situation, and they went with Jake, uh, Jack Conklin. You know, big offensive tackle. It's your, it's your boy, dog, a guy from Michigan State. He's an animal. So He you, really is. He's an you, animal. You address that situation, then you come right back, and you have two second-round picks, and you just attack the defensive line. They go after Kevin Dodd, a big six foot five, uh, slender guy, uh, two hundred seventy seven edge rusher, and then you fill the inside with a six foot four, three hundred and fourteen pounder out of Penn State, Austin Johnson, and then you add Derrick Henry, <laughs> and then you also go ahead and you, and you grab in the third round Kevin Kevin Byard, so you uh, at safety. So they have just they just filled all these defensive holes, all these all these things that were lacking. They used this draft, which was a very deep draft defensively. That's all everyone was talking about. How much talent you had deep in this draft, and that's why you know when we when we get to the Bears tomorrow, when you're talking about their third round pick, who people are calling the pick of the draft, and uh, Bullard uh, from uh, from Amazing. Florida. So. You know, look at what what you were able to do, and you already were solidified, right? Because they have Marcus Mariota, who now they know they they can trust and believe in. There, you brought in Demarco Murray. Now you're just bringing the extra handcuff there with Henry, so you solidified that. The only thing you did, didn't do is add to the wide receiver, but you got Doriel Green Beckham, who's ready to take another step, and, and you have Delaney Walker. So. This is a team that's also poised to to take a big leap. This this division is going to be good in two years. Absolutely. Really, it could be the best in the league. Most exciting division probably already this 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 season. Might be. Most exciting to watch because you're going to yeah, see yeah. transformation this I'm year. Not saying deep in the I can't wait to see yeah. how, how these teams melt mold to what they're going to be. They did add Tajay Sharp from UMass, who's a pro's pro receiver. Mm-hmm. And they also signed Rashard Matthews earlier this season uh, at wide receiver. They still got Wright and Doriel Green Beckham and, you know, even Harry Douglas. They've got pros there. 
Now we just need to see somebody on this team take a step into superstardom. Mm-hmm. They don't have a superstar anywhere on this team. Green unless, Beckham. Green Beckham is my is my is my guy. Unless Marcus Mariota steps up, you know how he's got Doriel Green Beckham still gonna have a guy throwing the ball. I mean, that's what's hard about having a true wide receiver superstar being your first kind of guy. You've got to have that quarterback. Yeah, I thought you were the biggest Mariota fan in the world. I am. Are you but he still needs to take a step. Like, they don't have a true superstar. Do you superstar. believe he will? I think he has a chance to. You have been, I'm going to be honest, and I'm not, we're not, I'm not going to get fired up at you, but somehow over the last month or two, your balls have been totally taken off you, and you don't want to project, you don't want to foreshadow, you don't want to make any call for 2016. What did you say earlier? Oh, I don't know what I'm going to say with this guy until I know who's the quarterback. Dude, take a chance. I, well, I don't have to show. take a chance right now. Like I don't have to take a chance. Well, then we're doing the right. podcast. So should we just wait until we know what's going on to take a chance? Then what we a just, great guy. Take... He was uh, great. <laughs> Seriously, it's like take a chance. Go out, stake your claim early on a dude, and say I think he's going to go. Instead of like, oh, it's really early. I'm going to just, I'm going to just hold back and like. Literally, I'm being honest. He's calling me like out. all of all He's of us are taking out. chances on guys. You're not. It's weird. Do it. You're I mean, already. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing with this. I I have no problem taking a chance and saying I love this guy and we'll see what happens. I've done it in the past and especially with tight ends. I, I'll love a, I'll love certain tight ends and I'll throw it out there and it doesn't come to fruition until five years later, which I'm okay with. I, I'm totally. But he's fine still with your that. guy. But the fact of the matter is, is that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. There's going to be changes. There's going to be weird things that happen and all that sort of stuff. It's okay to actually take a chance now and change it later. Dude, so, but I mean, he more like, he loves Mariota, but he's like, I don't know if he's going to do it. Wait, Stanks? So there's a difference between taking a step forward and taking a step forward to being a superstar in the NFL. He needs to develop certain things. He needs to take care of the ball. He led the league. In I didn't think we were ball. talking about superstar. But I thought we were talking about that, I, What I said is the Titans need a player to be a superstar. I like this reaction. Hey, Maybe we're going to get more of this out of you, buddy. Wake up. Let's do this. When he said he wanted to take a chance, just remember, I have Robert Meacham. Yeah. And I who will just, always have who, Robert who worked Meacham. Out, who worked out last week for the Saints. <laughs> did he really? Yes. He did. The Saints yeah. worked him out again. Insane. But I saw him out again. I saw him out again. just too funny. This is a team in so much transition that they just need a player to step up to be a superstar, or else they will never be a viable playoff team in this sort of division that's got teams that are growing. You know, if you can consider Allen Robinson a superstar. Like, that guy, 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns last season, that was amazing. Like, who Bortles, is... Borderline, on the verge of superstar. If I was going to call a superstar... Uh, out of Bortles or, uh, or, or Marcus, I'd say Bortles... He's gonna have a better. It, 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 I think they'll both be there, but I think I would. Uh, I think Bortles is gonna get there quicker. I'm gonna ask you. An extra year in the league that helps. I know Tennessee isn't gonna rotate like this, but it's kind of disgusting what they have in their roster in terms of running backs. How punishing they could be to a like, Oh yeah, with, with, with Andrews there too. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah, with uh, Demarco Murray now, Derek Henry, and with Antonio Andrews and David Cobb. I mean, those are guys that will punish you throughout a game if they can rotate that, just punish defenses and wear them down. Those fourth quarters are going to be owned by Tennessee, absolutely owned by Tennessee. They won't have that sort of rotation. They put a lot of money into DeMarco, and they'll give him every opportunity to take the helm, which he should, and he will. Uh, but Derrick Henry, high draft pick. 
Uh, he's he's a brutal runner too. I mean, he can hurt you. He's a big boy. It's just going to be interesting. Fourth quarter, I think, could end up being owned by Tennessee. They just have to get there. They, they have to the get there exactly. And I like the way at least could be uh, coach speak. It could be just you know errant news, but they're saying that Demarco Murray was happy about the pick. Instead of him being like, I can't wait, hold on, I thought I was going to have... He's like, wow, that's a great pick. Let's do this you together. Know, I, you know what that is? That's, I learned my lesson. Learned yeah, my right. Lesson. <laughs> I've been humbled. I've been humbled. I, I learned my lesson. Yeah, yeah. Shut your fucking trap. <laughs> you know? I, that's it. I agree I agree with that. But at the same time, I think it does take a little bit of pressure off of him. Which, let's be honest, I think he that helps him. I don't think DeMarco Murray is a superstar or wants that pressure. Uh, he had a great season, though. What else we got for the Titans? I think we're I think we're good. We can move to the final division. What, what's coming up next? Coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Hey, Lob City. Love uh, it up. I'm a setter. I'm a setter. Irish sometimes. Our next segment will be on the AFC West and the four teams that represent that. All right, let's get into our final division here. Valverde. When's our first class? Uh, we got economics tomorrow at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock? No good. I got a massage at 11 o'clock. Tell them to make it 2 o'clock. No, Dad, uh, you don't get it. They're not going to reschedule the classes around your massage. All right, 11 o'clock. But I'm going to talk to that dean. I mean, these classes could be a real inconvenience. <laughs> All right, the Super Bowl champions, Denver Broncos, making a splash in the draft. Elway saying that he got his guy in Paxton Lynch. Let's just start there. Let's start. Fantasy there. football. I'll just ask you guys a question. Is he the starter for 50% of the games for a team that could easily be back in the Super Bowl? Is it more over or under? What do you guys think about this guy? It's not. It has nothing to do with Paxton Lynch and what I think of him. It's Mark Sanchez and what you think of him. There you go. But Paxton's a player. Uh, Sanchez will, will start week one. I think. I think that's a no-brainer. Sure. Um, and he'll. I mean, can I say? <laughs> it's too soon to don't, tell. I don't know. Do I, I mean, can you? <laughs> can I say? Uh, he'll fuck up really badly. He's got to suck ass really quickly. He's going to have this a really bad game um, somewhere in that first three to four games, and then I'll follow it up with, I don't want to say an equally bad game, but a non-improvement game, and Denver all of a sudden be 2-2 two two or something, or 1-3, and, and they'll be like, Yeesh. oh boy, uh, yeah, that, that was a good run last season, boys. Uh, we might need to look at the future. I, I, I look at it this way. I, I think that Denver is approaching this season as, look, they won basically without a quarterback last year. So that's kind of the approach that they're, they're looking at this year. It, look, they took a hit when they lost Malik Jackson. They lost Danny Trevathan, um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So they go out and they grabbed a, a defensive tackle in the second round from Georgia Tech, uh, Adam Gossis. Gossis. You, 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 have, you got something on him? Gossis is a guy who they project to be. Malik Jackson, a guy who can move inside and outside at defensive tackle, defensive end, who can sort of disrupt the interior of the pocket, rushing from the defensive tackle. So they made a sort of need scheme fit pick. And you know they you know Elway's drafted really well mm-hmm. sort of in later rounds of drafts. I just going back to Paxton Lynch, 
I don't think he's the starter for eight games next year. No, I'm doing that for eight. Now, let me submit my point here because this is exactly what this team did. So you talk about what they do in later rounds. What did they do in later rounds here? In their sixth round, the uh, offensive guard in the fifth round, fullback in the sixth round, safety in in the sixth round, and a punter in the seventh round. So the fullback that is punter, the one that... You guys see the tape on that guy? Yeah, you know what we you have. You see this guy? Did you see he the guy that the Bears like, drafted like, too? He remember, looks like remember the we... German wide receiver that they drafted, that the Vikings drafted. This guy, when he sees it and takes it in, holy crap! This guy's a beast. That pick is sick. I'm telling you right now. They so they they hit the stats on him aren't him punting. It's him pulling it in and running it for 40 yards. Right. <laughs> but, but you know what? Great. He's a the, fucking beast. The Bears got the boom leg guy that didn't do anything. It, it, it's a punter. The, the point this being, is, the fullback is the interesting like pick because the other big pick that they made was taking Devonta Booker. Uh, and getting him in the fourth round. And Booker is a guy at 5'11", 220 pounds. This is a big kid. And, you know, look, they re-signed C.J. Anderson. They re-signed, I don't know why, Ronnie Hillman. Because uh, <laughs> they didn't think they were going to get Devonta Booker in the fourth round. Yeah, right. That's, well, a so, fact. So that's a fact. This is where Booker's going to be a guy that's going to have much. an immediate impact. But the, the other signal to me is going after a fullback. Remember who the coach is here. Uh, this is Gary, this, this is Kubiak. Kubiak loves the the run at you, kill you. you. Got the defense. We're gonna run the clock. He's gonna have to do it with it, whether it's Mark Sanchez or whether it's Paxton Lynch. And it's gonna be one of these things. You're probably not gonna see Paxton Lynch early unless they're losing games. If they're losing games, then you're gonna throw the rookie in there and say, let's see what we can do and get a spark. I think Paxton Lynch is starting week one. That's a, but why? I do. I do. I do. Here's why. His, 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 um, Kubiak, since he's been a head coach, ever, had a quarterback. No. Matt Schaub? Matt Schaub? Yeah. No. Flacco was his pro, his best, but he got, I think, he believe he got injured that season, but Schaub sucked balls. No, Schaub played Schaub was ball good for, for a couple he, few years there. But we know how terrible Shaw is. But he had, at he the end, he was awful. He, he was Arian. an all-pro yeah, for a year. Because he had Arian and fucking Andre And Johnson he's also been one of these guys that's always leaned on the run more than the pass and, and made I that think, be the stable of where he goes they're going to say, and it's not even just a Kubiak thing, I think it's an L.A. thing. I think L.A. is like, I'm going to L.A. my stamp on this and say, you know what? Our play calling isn't going to be that Paxton Lynch has to win the game because you just said, we, we know. The worst season, and we uh, we love him, Peyton Man. He was terrible last terrible. year. They won a Super Bowl in, in spite of their quarterback. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm, okay, hold on. Hold on. No, just, I don't want to take us okay. into Peyton Manning's zone because I posted a lot. <laughs> you guys, you I just don't week. want smarts underestimated in any sport Fair ever enough. again. Fair enough. Have you checked smarts out our Facebook matters. page this week? I gave Peyton some I know. serious love. Smarts but, matters. Okay, smarts matter. But Pax is not an idiot. I think that they're going to just say, this is our guy, and... We're going to put him in the situation like we did with Brock, not to lose. We've got a great team. We've got great talent. We're not going to take any chances. And I just have a feeling that day one, and if it's not day one, it's definitely over eight games this year. Definitely. Paxton, definitely don't have small hands. I've done a lot, a lot of stuff for the Hispanics and uh, this is my, that was my my Trump. That was my Trump. Okay. Um, (laughs) God bless him. Stag party. You've been rolling your eyes for the last five minutes. What do you got? No way Paxton Lynch starts week one. They're, they're, he's a quarterback who's a project. 
They considered him a project because all he ever did in college is throw screen passes. Like, that was the entire basis of the offense. He's never taken anything under center. So, in a Kubiak offense, that's something you have to do. He's just got a steep learning curve to where it's going to take him a while. Um, They think Mark Sanchez can be a guy in Gary Kubiak's offense to just take care of the ball. Have you watched him the last couple years? I loved him his his first four years. Yeah. The Sanchez, last couple years, it's been terrible. He did he, two years ago. It was all right. He yeah. had some last year, last year was a downright atrocious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Last year was bad. But can they ask him to hand the ball off? They drafted Devontae Booker. They drafted you know an entirely new line. They signed guys. They're trying to be that ball control offense. And you just coming off the Super Bowl, it's rare that you start a rookie quarterback. They'll go with the veteran and. You know, write it out. Elway was a was a day one starter at the quarterback position. I Pick don't think one. <laughs> no, I, but I hear you. But this is a first round. But and he says this is the guy they wanted. He does. He's not a guy that's sitting there thinking, oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta slowly get him in there. That's not. He's like he wants this guy to be the guy, and he's I'll never be, had that. Too. I'll tell you right now. If Lynch, you know, competes and wins the job, he won't be afraid of starting. I agree with you there. But I do think that Sanchez does start week one. And I, one of the things that I you most agree, yeah. one of the things that you were mentioning there is that there was uh, the, the fact that Lynch threw a lot of screen passes. So the the fact of the matter is, is <laughs> that, that the Broncos the Broncos ever. won the Super Bowl throwing screen passes yeah. last year. You guys say that they won without a quarterback? It's because he was throwing screen passes because that's what that's what he knew his arm could do. If that's what the situation is, maybe they win the Super Bowl again with Paxton Lynch as their quarterback because that's what he does well. The thing is, is that Sanchez makes way too many mistakes, and that's something that they won't put up with. And that's why it's possible that Lynch does start eight games or more because Sanchez will make those mistakes that they won't deal with whatsoever. But he does not start week one because you don't put that pressure on on a rookie quarterback Coming to, to, to the reason to the why Peyton Manning lost his team. job is no, because you, do you let the defense try to win. If the defense can't can't carry it, and Mark Sanchez blows it for the first three four games, then you make the move to if Lynch. Lynch Give him a chance to come in with a a softer landing. If Lynch isn't ready, of course. I don't know if he's not going to be better than, I, I, than, than Sanchez. If it was a different quarterback, be, I still wouldn't start got, him. If they had signed a Brian Hoyer. I would feel more confident about the uh, yeah. the Paxton Lynch uh, being the second stringer. It's Sanchez. It just hasn't been the same as it was in 2011, when in 2010, when he was doing some great things with the Jets. It's, he, he doesn't. He's not the same. Or the half year that he worked in Philadelphia or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's a nice five games on. Let's remember though that John Elway also set out after these got after Brock Osweiler left. His first move was. I'm going to trade for Mark Sanchez. That was an Elway move. Yeah. Nobody else made that move. They thought he was a perfect fit for a Gary Kubiak offense. So he's also a quarterback that John Elway himself handpicked to bring into this offense. True. True that. All right. Can we just <laughs> can we end the Broncos with a <laughs> nice bell, bell, what happened? Birdie. A little pop that time. Morton, I'm only going to ask you this one time. Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. I'm satisfied. I'm outraged. Well, gee whiz, Phil. I just asked the man if the work was his. He said yes. Now, what do you want me to do? Torture him? 
Great Good Ned Beatty. It's a great Ned Beatty in that. In this no, movie. I love it. Good times. The only other Ned Beatty I like better is actually in Superman. Oh yeah, he was good. Uh, yeah. as, as Lex Luthor's little crony yeah, guy, he's uh, really good. Hilarious man. in that. Um, I think the Broncos are going to be an interesting one. I will say this: Jeff Saturday, dog left, and I'm trying to give uh, some Peyton Manning love to those Gatorade videos and the notes that Peyton Manning did. And the, the Jeff Saturday uh, video was great. Jeff Saturday this week on NFL Network said, "What are you, they, they asked? Like, what are your surprises for 2016?" His surprise, and I'm not saying this is the reason why I think it, but I, I thought similar things that Paxton Lynch wins the Super Bowl. That was what he said. Well, this is a Peyton Manning friend. This is a guy that's no, has been probably talks to Peyton and the whole team. And I just have a feeling that Paxton has got to edge up just because it's LA and, and, and Kubiak. I, I just worry about this. You're, I, I do not see a repeat Super Bowl for this team. I don't either. I'm no, not saying I'll tell you what, they, can, they can say everything that they want, but the, the fact of the matter is... is I'm that, not saying that, is it, that. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that you are, yeah. but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just responding to, to the story. So, yeah. uh, the fact is, Peyton Manning, whether he was the worst he's ever been in his entire career and just an average quarterback... He still had a cachet about him. He still brought with him all of that respect and all of that that fantasy, that, that that football goo. Okay, that, that that everyone feeds off of. So, yeah, with he was a leader. He, he was a leader. He's a leader. He's a winner. Yeah. People got behind Agreed. him. He could he could he could get a message across. Paxton Lynch is going to have a hard time get, having the same effect as is Mark Sanchez. I agree. There you go. Okay, so let's put them both in the same. Put them both one in the same. Yeah. One question I've got for you. Do you think, and then let's move on to Kansas City, unless you guys... We no, really I'm done with Denver. Okay, let's... Uh, do you think that if Brock Osweiler was the quarterback in the Super Bowl last year, they would have still dismantled the Panthers? Yes. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. We know what he's going to say. I, yeah. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. The... The chief. Who owned the chief? Owns. 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 So the Chiefs spent their first three picks on offense, first four picks are on defense, and then later in the draft they decided, hey, we're going to make some moves for the future here. We're going to get a couple wide receivers. We're going to draft a backup quarterback who a lot of people are big fans of and Kevin Hogan out of Stanford. They also drafted Demarcus Robinson, a wide receiver out of Florida, who's another field stretcher for them in the fourth. And then, you know, followed that up with a Tyreek Hill from West Alabama, who started his career at so, Oklahoma State uh, before, you know, getting himself kicked off. I want to ask you a question. So, first four picks are defense. Whose defense was, like, unstoppable last year throughout the season? They got a sick offense. And, and I, know, I know you lost Sean Smith. I know you lost. You know, there, there's there's departures that you have off of the team. But at the same time, what is the glaring problem with the Kansas City Chiefs? Score fucking points. I don't know if that's a glaring problem. I think that's a glaring problem in this NFL. You are either part of the the, the teams that are that are understanding where it's going. Or that you need. Let's put it this way. It used to be ten years ago, twelve years ago. If you scored seven. 18, 18 to 22 points a game, you were okay. You That now is 21 to 24. And if you're not scoring over 20 points a game, and the Chiefs are not a team that just consistently puts up those, those points, and those points last year came from the defense and special teams, 
I think they think Jamal Charles missing and getting injured, and now and him being back is going to save a lot of that. And the fact is, from two years ago, when the whole joke and the running dialogue and all the experts in fantasy football and normal football talking heads was. These guys can't get in the end zone. There's no touchdowns to wide receivers. They changed that mold last they year. They've got a tight end. They've got a great but, team. But it's but Andy Reid's offense. Think that all, Jamal all, comes all. back, and this is like one of the best, most electric offenses ever. And to be honest, I love we we you loved him more than ever anyone from the start. Connolly is actually going to be potentially. I think he's going to be a great player. But potentially he starts next year to become he's closer to uh, um, he's like a Martavis Bryant type of guy. He is. That's here. Here's the thing: who won the Super Bowl last year by scoring less points than anybody? You know the Denver Broncos, and who lit up the less points in the league last year and won the Super Bowl? So I think saying that's a generalization. By the way, the Kansas City Chiefs have averaged 25 points per game over the last three seasons. That's impressive. Uh. And, not to mention, they also score less points a game with Jamal Charles on the field than when he misses games. They also control the game more. I bet you the the ball control is a lot higher. So it's more open with... Jamal Charles. I, I want to know. I want to know what I, what I was saying. I, I don't think they're worried about from. their offense. So and if you're, I think I think they know that the, the way the league's moving and. Like, let's just make our defense the most, most sick thing. Ever. How about this, though? Let's, let's talk about a relative factor. So, so maybe I'm off on my math because that's been proven to me many times and I don't know math. Um, is that if they're scoring 25, maybe the norm has moved up then because how many Kansas City Chief players do you want to have on your fantasy team? A few. Two. Over, over the last three Over the last three years, you'd want to have Jamal Charles, you want Alex Smith on your team as a backup, not as a starter. No, as a I, I'm not scared of, of Macklin yeah, at all. Macklin, fine, but he was only okay. Macklin and you got and Kelsey and Kelsey. The league average for points scored over the last three years is 23 points a game. Yeah, no. The, here's the thing. It's changed. The, 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 what the Chiefs not, are doing is bad. that they have had a basic home. offense that they have been running uh, for a while now, and it's working. It's actually working just fine. As you were saying, the points per game are just fine, and their defense is so dominant that when you do score that many points, you're just fine. The thing is that they signed Alex Smith for a certain amount of time, and it's working with him. And as soon as Alex Smith gets too old or whatever, they've had a couple of backup QBs that they've tried out. You know, there's Tyler Bray and uh, Aaron Murray or whatever. But when they find that one QB that puts them in a different type of offensive realm, they'll switch things again. But at this point, you might as well strengthen your defense again because the offense, in the system that they're doing, as long as Alex Smith is your quarterback, what the fuck are you going to do? And it was they not, just keep it the way it is. It was a shitty draft for offensive players. Yeah. Let's just remember, it's a ball control offense. I mean, they don't turn offense. the ball over. I mean, the most turnover-prone player on that team is Jamal Charles. Yeah. Uh, so... Just thinking about it, they want they they are saying they're going to open it up and taking two wide receivers in the later rounds. I don't know if that proves that or disproves that, but no, you've got Conley and you've got same, Albert Wilson. It's going to be the same program. Kelsey will hopefully gets an uptick, but it's the same program. It's the coach speak. Don't listen to that crap. They're not opening up shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, it's the good. Chiefs. They do what they do and they do it just fine. I hear it. I like Conley. Uh, just wish he was on a. Uh, more Different electric team. Well, yeah, I uh, agree too. passing team. All right, should we go to the Raiders? Raiders. 
I feel like I should have more to say about this team because they took like all Michigan State players, but I don't. Connor Cook falls to the fourth round after talk two years ago that he could be the number one overall yeah. pick. But he's not a team captain. Did it to himself. Why wasn't he a team captain? It's like, <laughs> come on. Really? We're going to talk about this? That, that's, no, that's, that's what killed him, apparently. The, the, the uh, leadership aspect of it was absolutely. the thing that scared a lot of people. His cockiness away. and his, his, his uh, ego are reasons why he went fourth. We've seen what a quarterback... Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think it's his quietness. I think it's his fact that he doesn't take control of things. I think it's the fact that he doesn't put himself out there. And, so he's not a national We're going to do this. You're following me. He doesn't do that. And that's the problem with him. It's not the fact that he's got his, his ego in his way. It's it, The guy's got all the skills. He's got a, a great long arm. He's got a great percentage for long balls thrown. Um, he has a little problem with the short throws. Uh, his, his underneath short arm. Short and intermediate... Accuracy is yeah, the problem. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> I, you know, I can put the crap on it, but I have a problem with my short game, my long game. You can't <laughs> teach somebody to have a strong arm, a strong, accurate, deep arm. You no. can't teach that. He has that. You can teach those intermediate throws. You can get a guy to be able to throw softer. You can't it's, get him to throw hard. Well, the, well, this is a case in point of what the NFL is, though. The NFL is, if you're the quarterback, you're the leader of the offense. If you're not a team, if you're not a team captain in college as the quarterback that's fine. of a top... Top tier, top tier team. Sure. It's going to be a warning sign for for teams because Absolutely. you have to command a huddle. You have to get guys to get in line. You have to call the plays. If you want to do an audible, you better get make sure you have everyone on on your side. Well, we know where he's gone. So this he actually he's a Raider. Can't he's, get a play. He's, he's behind Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, as much what, as I love what, Con- what, what happens with that? We know where he is. What happens with that? Is it just... Uh, I, I, honestly, I, as much as I love Connor Cook and as, as much as I love MSU, I feel no need whatsoever to talk about that. It's Derek Carr's position, period, for the future. Uh, Cook and McGloin could battle it out for the backup. Let's talk about Carr. Let's talk about the real players on this team. I hate to say it. I don't want to talk about Connor Cook. That There's was, no reason to. That was a Green Bay pick. R- Reggie McKenzie's from the Green Bay line where you draft a quarterback every couple of years yeah. and then flip him. Like the exactly. New England Patriot Green Bay way. The real player drafted in this draft class that you have to you know be concerned about as a fantasy owner is DeAndre, DeAndre Washington, Washington. Uh, out of Texas Tech. He's a scat back type at 5'8", 205 pounds, who can catch the ball. And Latavius had some struggles with that last season, even though he did have some five, six, seven catch games early in the year. He did struggle, you know, just catching the ball regularly. So DeAndre Washington is going to be a change of pace back for them. And this is a team that didn't really have a change of pace back. Taiwan Jones didn't do it. But still, it's still... <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> no, yes, he did. Get out. Latavius, Come on. That guy was an awesome corner. Latavius... Oh, wait, we're talking about... Uh, oh, yeah, back. running back. Uh, punt return. Uh, uh, dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> DeAndre Washington is going to take some workload, but... I think Latavius Murray's even safer than he was going into the draft. I mean, the amount of workload he's going to get, he's a top 15 back, you know, pretty much locked in. The receivers haven't changed much. You know, they ran a lot of three-wide receiver sets, so expect Seth Roberts out there a lot. Uh, Amari Cooper's going to take a step forward. By the way, I think this is the first draft in about 25 years that the Raiders did not select a wide receiver. Based on speed. So, no, uh, a wide receiver, period. Period, yes. 
Uh, and thank goodness for them, and, and kudos to them for breaking that mold for sure. Well, and they and they and they did like other teams. They focused on defense. This is a heavy defensive draft. For sure, go after it. You have you have cornerstones of Khalil Mack. You you added in um, uh, who was the guy from Seattle, uh, Irvin, right? That you added in to the defense. So you have just brought this more intensity in in a division where defense rules, right? Kansas City had a great defense last year. The Broncos with their defense. Uh, Chargers, well, you know, Swiss cheese has to be there somewhere. It's a good, it's a, this is a very good team in the making, for sure. And Tough like, schedule, though. We talked about it. It is. One thing schedule you hear sure. about, in the, when, I, when I watch and I look and I read pieces across the internet, it's like, this team's going to go deep. This team's going to have a great season. And we love the momentum. We love the youth. We love what's happening with this team. But they got a tough year ahead of them, strength to schedule. I, I just think this this might be a one of those uh, getting your medal kind of seasons where it was kind of like maybe even the, the Detroit Lions uh, seven, six years ago where it's like, this team was awesome, and then it's like, boom, like next year, uh, not ready. It's going to be a tough season. I'm nice and I'm tough. Huh? I'll give you an idea what I mean. My two boys, I put one through college and the other I put through a wall. So while Derek Carr was pretty good last year, he also had the toughest slate of defenses in terms of fantasy points per game against him. With the Denver allowing, what, 10 fantasy points a game, twice a season, Kansas City wasn't too far behind in the top six or seven. Mm -hmm. You know, San Diego was also pretty tough as a pass game against wide receivers. So just thinking about that, you know, these they got to play those guys six times next season. And we knew that last year. We yeah. talked about it all the time. We're like, we like really like this kid, but he's got a he's got a tough situation. And in the SOS, dogmatic uh, 27th for yeah. Derek Carr. Not a good time. No, yeah. and then Amari Cooper's got tough sledding, but he proved he could beat some of the you know better corners in the league when healthy. He did struggle mightily against Denver. So, but this is where you, if you're going to believe in Carr. And if you're going to believe in Carr, and, I, and there's no reason not to, is to believe it on growth and to believe it on, you know what? He's developing as becoming a better quarterback. He's doing all the right things. He has the weapons. He has Amari Cooper, who is entering his second season. Who He has uh, Michael, uh, Michael Crabtree, who's established. Um, we'll see what happens with Walford, right? Because he just had like some incident happen to him. Yeah, ATV. ATV. Huge uh, gash in yeah. his knee. How these guys ride ATVs? What? what did how? In your contract, if I'm an owner and I'm or a GM, you can't ride an ATV. You can't ride a motorbike. You can't ride motorcycle. You can motorboat, but you can't ride a fucking uh, what what uh, snowmobile. Anything that is possibility, you run into a tree, a fence, jump over a cliff, and hurt. You're not allowed to do it. Can but you they know drive what? anymore? The three of us The three of us on this side of the table are in our 40s. Yeah. So, I'll speak for us. I've, when I've we done say, all those and gotten hurt. At every this time age, I've done them. At this age, you go back and you go, you're going to be in the NFL for an average, if you're lucky, three years. If you're, if you're awesome, six to eight years. Save the damn snowmobiling. I, I can do it when I'm 34 or 35. I can still go out and snowmobile now and do all these stupid things. I, Don't do what? it then. I'm, I'm actually going to, and this isn't devil's advocate. This is actually probably angel's advocate on okay. this one. Uh, there's way too fucking, fucking much money in football. There's way too much money in all of sports. The fact that these guys get a guaranteed, uh, you sign the contract, and you get a guaranteed amount of $14 million. 
14 million fucking dollars. He doesn't have that though. But he hasn't gotten the big money. Well, right, I mean, that's true. You that's true. Contract, if three million dollars, do you think any? I don't, I don't think, think he's even do you dream that. of having three million dollars? I do. He was later. Yeah, I would kill to have three million dollars. These guys get three million dollars at the age of twenty-one years old, and you're going to tell them, "Don't go have a beer, buddy." You just turned twenty-one. Don't go have a beer though, because you signed this contract. Don't have a beer. Just don't, don't, go out, don't go out and try and slam dunk a ball because that's not your sport anymore. Don't go You, you grew up here in Chicago. Involved. You grew up here in Chicago. Michael Jordan had it in his contract because the Bulls did not want him to play pickup basketball. It's all which was about basketball. The money, they did not want him to play basketball in the offseason. That's why I think it all sucks. It's because of the money. You're trying to tell these kids not to enjoy life because of the money aspect. Hey, plain and simple. There's just know, too much money in sports. Enjoy your life. At if you want an ATV on Sunday, as opposed to getting twenty million dollar contract, enjoy your life. Just get Go the ATV that. that has like Go the. Go do uh, that. But you're these players need to have better advisors to say <laughs> you can't ATV. Or get the Don't ATV with the Demolition I'm Man not, phone. I am I fully agreeing. Here's what I'm saying. You get Someone a $14 million dollar guaranteed contract and, uh, and six more years at, the, you know, uh, $6 million a apiece. Uh, so you're making $50 million in the course of six years. You get the $14 million guaranteed. I agree. You got to sign that and you can't go out and do that shit. Fully agree. My point is that there's too much money in there. You're telling a kid that he can't live his life. You're telling a kid that he can't go out and do things that I he wants it. to do, and that's because of the money. There's too much money in sports. I that's all, that's me, all I'm saying. Okay. Walford, uh, let me, let me Walford out on a $20 million deal if, over at Gashney before he got it. That's We're let's, all saying the same let, thing. Let, let's, let's close the, the money discussion out here, and then let's move on to the, the last team. Boom. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. Like what, for instance? Well, first of all, you're going to have to grease the local politicians for the sudden zoning problems that always come up. That is the kickback to the carpenters. And if you plan on using any cement in this building, I'm sure the team should like to have a little chat with you. And that'll cost you. Oh, and don't forget something for the building inspectors. Then there's a long-term cost, such as waste disposal. I don't know if you're familiar with who runs that business, but I assure you it's not the Boy Scouts. That'll be quite enough, Mr. Mellon. All right. What do we? What else we got on uh, Raiders Nothing. and off-season moves? Well, hold on. The one thing I want to say that we were lipping to each other's deck party. Ugh, Amare Cooper ADP right now. What is it? Too high for you. Second round. Oh God. Second round. Oh my. Oh my. Too God. high for you. No. Too no is my answer. One year ago, no one was higher in the whole industry than me, and he had him on every team. Second round. This is why. This is why D Rex. You need. You you do need a second league. You need a dynasty league when you grab your rookies and you can keep them and have them and and own these guys for the for the years to come. Dogmatic in our league is headed towards. We are going to start doing keeper and dynasty. So I agree. We're 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 heading in that direction. You need to have a second league though. I'm old. So you can tap into that. I just learned I just got off my Newton and went to an iPhone. You got your Blackberry out right now. I understand. (laughs) Here's the thing with Cooper. The guys he's being drafted ahead of. Brandon Marshall, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Keenan Allen, Demarius Thomas. Ahead of those guys? Yeah. No, my. Oh my God. San Diego Chargers. <laughs> there was one guy out of those. San Diego. Super Marshall's the only guy I would probably take him ahead of out of those guys. Travis Benjamin. Now, 
a San Diego Chargers. That's pretty much their only offseason move besides adding Hunter Henry in the draft. Who they said today, uh, Rivers, like, Hunter Henry's going to get going right out of the gates. Is that BS? No, he's going to get going right into the Ladarius Green roll where he catches yeah. 26 passes and only for 260 in... yards and two touchdowns, so it's not worth drafting. And goes four or five games without making a catch, just like Ladarius Green. Everything you guys have said is 100% accurate. <laughs> I mean, Period. He's a good long-term prospect. He was the best tight end in this draft. He's an adequate pass catcher. He's an adequate pass blocker. He can do everything that you want from a tight end. He's just got to prove to step up. I mean, rookie tight ends don't show up. Never happens. Never. Never happens. I mean, shocky. I could see Jeff Cumberland having a bigger role than Hunter Henry. Well, the, the problem <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Cumberland's not a terrible tight end. He was just in a terrible system for tight ends. He might actually take over that second tight end role in that in all offense for a while and let Hunter Henry learn a few things. And the worst part for Hunter Henry is if you're thinking about drafting him in a dynasty league, uh, which thank you to the guy in my league uh, who drafted him right before me when I was able to got my Tyler Boyd and uh, uh, Paul mm-hmm. Perkins at uh, 16 and 17, is he's Philip Rivers. What has he got left? He's 34 years old. So by the time Hunter Henry's ready to make his ascension is the time that Philip Rivers is getting ready to hang it up. And so then you're going to have to bring in a new quarterback, and he's going to have to develop with them. So if I look at long-term, with the prospects of what's around him, I don't like the, the, the well, growth potential. It's not, it's not so much that Henry will probably go the same route as Green, and where he goes with his second team, that's where his value is going to lie. Because Antonio Gates will stay in the league for the length of his contract, which is, what, two years? Two years. So him and Rivers will, will so, ride out the sunset. Yeah, exactly, pretty Maybe. much. And Henry will take two years of development. His third year he'll play, and he'll be okay with a rookie quarterback or whoever they decide to bring in. And then his fourth year or whatever after the contract's up, he'll move on, and that's where his value will be. We're writing off Rivers in two years already, huh? Pretty much. Don't well, I, say, I, say, I, say, I mean, with all these quarterbacks playing until 40, like... He's only 34 years old, give or take. People were talking about his arm going dead two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's kind of he's, extended he's got it great for some reason. I don't know if he just hasn't been drug tested yet. but No, well, I think no more it's the so bolo that, tie. It's the bolo tie. No, of course. <laughs> more so than that, I think he's able to, at this point in his career, even when he, even younger, he was able to just be a dominator in December. But he's able to do things in, like, small pocket, like in thirds of a season. He's not a full season type of guy, but hold on. Before you, yeah. you unless you got, you got something about Rivers, no, 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 no. Okay, I want to talk about six round draft pick Derek Watts. That's where I was going. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so the guy from Wisconsin, you know, friggin' Gordon's uh, fullback was drafted by him. Is that sweet? Is that is that awesome for you know? JJ Watts brother. It's JJ Watts brother. But, I didn't but, even know that. Yeah, you didn't yeah. know that. I so guess I heard that. I guess I heard. And they that. play each other this year too. Chargers and the Texans play each other. So the interesting thing though for me is that he he was his fullback for Melvin Gordon in college, and Melvin Gordon struggled mightily last year. So now you bring him. He said he, he said himself, "I sucked last." He year. did. So now you're bringing him some familiarity with a guy that he has, and and Rivers is a guy who can adapt to anything and, and run any kind of offense, <clears throat> you know. So you have that flexibility. What do you? What, what, I I just think Watt is interesting just because of the lineage and everything else. And so we also have a Gronkowski that uh, was an undrafted free agent signed as well by was it the Lions? Buffalo Bills. Bills. Oh, sorry. Uh, they ran three wide receiver sets last season. 
half the time. When are they going to play Derek Watt? On third, uh, uh, third and one? <laughs> I have zero reason to talk about Watt. I know that he's J.J. Watt's brother and everything. Yeah, we don't want to talk about... We want to talk about what he does for Gordon. I Nobody don't think he does that much. No, no, but... I think all he does is bring a friend. That, that's the, they just brought in a friend for Melvin you Gordon. That's it. This is the one thing... When I'm compiling the rookie chart this year, the one thing that stood out to me more is you had me a uh, stag party, which I appreciated, and this opened my eyes. He said, I want you to go through and, you know, fill out the undrafted free agent. But it wasn't even the uh, undrafted free agent. It was also the sixth and seventh round. More fullbacks were drafted than I have seen in the past four years. So it's, it's one of these things that it's like maybe, you know, we, we, you know, the NFL is cyclical. So we've gone to the whole spread thing when the whole spread thing. And now there are teams that are going, you know what? Our run game has suffered. And we're, we're putting guys back there in single sets, in lone setbacks, in dropbacks, and, and, and whether, whether 7 yards or 11 yards deep and in, in, uh, in, in whatever. Let's put a blocker back there because, look, when LaDainian Tomlinson ran r- rough shot o- over the league, who was his fullback? Oh. Uh, the, 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 Lorenzo the, 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 Neal, Neal, right? Yeah. yeah. Little, so you had, you had just a beast of a guy. How about in Kansas City? There was always, uh, uh, what was his name, uh, 48, uh, Richardson, or uh, yeah. uh, who who just, these guys set up all those those situations, and I think that it just, it's all, always how it goes in the NFL. We, we, we go away from it, and so I, I saw this year, I think there was about seven, it was about eight fullbacks that were drafted in round six and seven. I, I will say, though, I, I mean, I don't know what you're about to say, but maybe it's the same thing. Fullbacks are not the same thing as fullbacks of years past. Fullbacks in college are now H-backs in the NHL. I they're they're I guys know. like Is Charles Clay. That's the NHL, NFL. Uh, they probably play in the NHL. Hopefully somebody can they're knock Delon- the fuck out of Delaney Walkers. They're, they're, they're Charles Clays. Uh, guys who can move to tight end like that. Um, guys who can move around line and guys who are really good special teamers. Uh, that those are the values of the of your fullbacks nowadays. And yes, I mean they do have value in certain offenses, but there's a lot of sp- wide spreads now. Uh, spreads now, and I don't see them having that much of an impact as much as they used to. Especially a guy like Derek Watt. Um, While well, he's he's okay, I just I just he's I don't see his value at an actual full fullback position. The thing is. Spread offense. Zero offense. in fantasy football. Spread. Yeah, zero. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's, 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 it's what, how it affects Neither. Melvin, yeah. Spread offenses are not great in short yardage. That's why the fullback's making a little bit of resurgence. Right. Like, spreading it out, going three wide receivers, that takes away value on, you know, third and one. You know, second and one, when you're just trying to get the first down. That's when fullbacks are good. In short yardage, it helps. And then you can run a little bit of play action off of it to give it a little variation. But, you know, fullbacks aren't every down players. I mean, the fullbacks who play the most are guys who can catch passes, like Kyle Juszczyk. All right. I'm, I'm actually just flabbergasted that we just spent seven minutes talking about a fullback. That I'm shocked, no whatsoever. Let's just let's move on to the one last real thing that matters for the Chargers. is the Val Verde. The best thing about kids is making them. Is the fact that they did sign Travis, Travis Benjamin. I, I think that that does make an impact because I do think that Stevie Johnson, uh, Travis Benjamin, and Keenan Allen make up an incredibly dynamic type of uh, wide receiving core that not a lot of teams can boast having, to be quite honest. Uh, Keenan Allen has, in my mind, be, slowly become 
one of the better receivers in the league. I really believe that. And when he is on and he is healthy, uh, he is hard to stop. And you put somebody out there as dynamic as a Benjamin and as steady and sturdy as a Stevie Johnson, that's really good. That's a really good thing to have. you got the veteran presence in Antonio Gates and Rivers. And the fact that they really do want to get the running game going with Gordon and Woodhead and developing Gordon a little bit better, I think that this offense has a lot of potential this year. This offense has a lot of potential. But everybody on this offense is an injury risk. Danny Woodhead's an injury risk. Fact. Gordon's an injury risk. Stevie Johnson's an injury risk. Keenan Allen's an injury risk. Travis Benjamin's an injury risk. Antonio Gates is an injury risk. Their entire offensive line is an injury risk. If they stay healthy, they can be dynamic. But that's why they're good opening up the season when they're more healthy. Like... Long-term health has been a problem for the San Diego Chargers as the season progresses because this has been a team that started off as hot as anybody in the last two opening months of the season than anybody in football. This is why I love this show because you had me all juiced up. You're like, yeah, yeah, dog. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then Stag Party throws a ying to your ying. And then I'm like, oh, shit. The whole fucking thing just crumbled. <laughs> That's a house of cards. Because it's true. I mean, like everything you said, you have the most reliable wide receiver as far as like purely catching the ball on this team. Yeah. Travis Benjamin last year when he had his great season, he I think he had the least amount of drops on the whole season. Same goes for a couple years ago. He's he's a reliable guy. Stevie Johnson might not be a great yak guy, but that dude can run a nice short route, a nice decisive route, and catch the ball. And we know, obviously, fuck Keenan Allen. If this guy, I, I I think this guy is in the upper echelon. I think right now, I think we all have him in tier three. Tier th- yeah. top of tier, tier three. three or t- tier four. Yeah, I mean, he's right ten to fifteen for probably. He's, he's not, and that's, yeah, he's and that's top for 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 what we talked about earlier when we're talking about a Treadwell, when we're talking about Jordan Matthews. We're talk- he never had those those measurables that were crazy, but yet this guy's probably one of the best receivers in the league. So. Um, anything else we got to say about San Diego or holy moly, we went through 16 teams and actually didn't hit three hours. This, this is even hit. We didn't even hit two, two and, and a half. half. This just, is awesome. Just wait till the NFC where there's more players. <laughs> there's more players and also we've got ads interspersed, so we might have hit two and a half hours. Yeah, sorry. But other than that, this has been a great show, guys. Hook us up, uh, Pyro Pro, sign up. We've been having a lot of uh, sign ups for the year. I'm not going to talk about it much. We talked about it on a podcast before. One thing I'm going to work on over the next week is a, a video that kind of tells you better how to use Pyro Pro. But it's an awesome, awesome tool. Ask us questions. Follow your players. News feeds. Dogmatic has um, player rankings through all positions. Go deep. Do that. More so, we're about halfway. We're about two weeks away from... Having version three of our Pyro Draft Kit, hook it up. If you're oh, still listening right what's, now. What's also coming up in a couple weeks? A mock what? Um, next week. Mock what? A mock draft. We're mock doing our what? first mock draft next Wednesday. Tomorrow night we're doing NFC. I'm uh, at this mock ten for the mock draft. We're doing a mock draft next Wednesday, which will be fun. Mocks, NFC, all this stuff. We love you. Thanks for listening to us. Good Trump. to have you back. We're back in our in our regular room. Stag party, dogmatica. I know all of us are going to sleep real nice today. 
it's the end of the day and all of us work really hard on other stuff and then we work really hard on this. Thanks for following us. Support us. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. Get that Pyro Pro. Get that draft kit out. Peace. Trombone Shorty Suburbia. you mind if I sneak in the line here with you? Oh, um, well, actually, these guys were nice enough to let me in, so it's really up to them, I guess. Melon, buddy, what do you say? Let me in, okay? I don't think so, Osborne. Melon, about your friend here, straighten him out. Look, Chess, there's a lot of people waiting. It wouldn't really be fair, you know? It's... I'll tell you what. 
Maybe if you got a note from each and every one of these people saying that it was all right, then we'd reconsider. But until that day, take a hike, you elitist fraternity scumbag.